What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Six Pack with Jack. And today I have a, an incredible guest on. He's king of content, Tom Wall. Thanks for coming on. What's up, sexy? Thanks for having me. Happy fucking Wednesday, dude. Hey, for the record, man, I told my therapist I wasn't going to drink today, but I'm on the Six Pack with Jack, so play ball, man. Seven night. <laughs> Uh, what do you got going on? What are you drinking? I, I'm rocking Miller Lights, and I got a koozie for the Habitat for Humanity. So love we're that. Helping it's pretty the, we're helping. Yeah, <laughs> we're helping the cause. Love that. Cool. Yeah, I got some. Uh, being 24, you become washed up in a pussy. So I got some. I got some White Claw iced teas kicking around, dude. It's like 20 bucks for a 12 pack. Dude. That's kind of ridiculous. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's awful. I was uh, I was juicing beers at Fenway last night, so I was like, ah, I could, you know, like I said, I wasn't planning on drinking tonight, but seltzers are just so easy to kind of coast on. So I was like, I'll oh, fucking love a few of those. But then I mean, yeah. 12. So how how did the Sox game go, dude? It was awesome. So uh, my cousin Uncle Joe Black and I, so we bet on the Red Sox over under win total back in March, which was only 80 and a half. So long story short, I was like, dude, I really like this. Let's ride it. So we we rode it and uh, it hit right. So when we got our money, we're like, yo, why don't we just put just a couple hundred bucks? You know, I think it was like two fifty or something. And I was like, oh, dude, let's just throw them towards playoff tickets. So that's exactly what we did. So when uh, when we got the last out against the Nationals on Sunday to clinch the wild card, I went on ace ticket right away and fucking bought two tickets. We do. We had some good seats for like grandstand row four um, for less than 100 bucks, which was sweet, dude. And like paying that money for Red Sox Yankees is unbelievable. You know what I mean? Because tickets spiked up by like 200 bucks just within the next like two hours, which is crazy. So it was dope, dude. I mean, it's a historic rivalry. Um, it's not as rowdy as it used to be. I kind of wish that would come back. Um, I mean, dude, I can't imagine being obviously you and I are relatively young, but uh, I can't imagine being in Boston like in 04 when people would just beat the fucking piss at each other in the streets about Red Sox Yankees. You know what I mean? Now it's just Jared Carabas calling that other guy a douche on Twitter, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you see they were doing student nines, nines for the game? Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's so funny because I got a text from one of my boys, uh, at like probably one or one o'clock yesterday about student nines i was like damn i wish i knew when uh before i bought the tickets you know what i mean i wish i waited last minute but i'm glad i didn't because the student nine sold out literally right away um so yeah we had good seats it was a good night dude but um the red sox i think they have a good chance man i honestly they're playing tampa and uh i don't know man tampa tampa's a steady team they got a, they got a good coaching staff good young players but they don't even fucking fans dude like i mean the Yankees had a $350 million pitcher their own last night. He was shaking his boots. I can't imagine some tool from Tampa coming to Fenway and, and shutting the doors down, you know? So I feel pretty optimistic about the Red Sox, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm relatively not biased when it comes to baseball. I think they got a shot to make a push here, man, for sure. So how do how does Tampa finish so well seemingly every year when they're in the bottom 10 for salary cap? Why are they in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap? Right, dude. It's it's like uh, it's almost like modern day Moneyball. Like I feel like they got fucking Jonah Hill kicking around the office making shit done. <laughs> they're um they're really big on like the whole sabermetrics and the analytics stuff like that too, dude. It, it works, you know. But um, I mean, last year they came to bit them in the ass, bite them in the ass when they yanked uh, what's his face uh, Snell in the World Series. So it's like it's bittersweet, but they got a great coaching staff and they got an algorithm that works. But um, it is kind of it will be kind of cool to see how they fare off against the Red Sox, a big market team in the postseason, even though they kicked our ass in the regular season. So we shall see. I'm excited, dude. But uh, let's get to business, man. I'm fucking happy to be here. It's good to see you. You look good. Were you home this past weekend? Were you seeing your family? Uh, no. Yeah, I was in Long Island, though. Oh, word. So my grandparents turned 90, so I had to just fly up. And, cool. bro, I was maybe most pissed off I've ever been was trying to use the in-flight Wi-Fi on Southwest to watch uh, Sunday Night Football, watch the Pats play. 
and it kept buffering and stuttering. And I, I was like about to throw a temper tantrum and just bitch out the stewardess. Dude, uh, does that cost you extra money too? Having to do, um, having to buy Wi-Fi on the plane, or was it included in your budget? No, the in-flight, the real Wi-Fi, like being able to use Twitter and stuff, costs money. But the in-flight Wi-Fi and the live TV, that's free. That's great. So, so you must fly a lot now, considering you're kind of going to go back from Tampa to Mass a lot, and obviously Long Island. So it's like, did you fly a lot before, before going no, to? No, not, not really. But um, so it's a new I. Experience for you. It's. It's not even like I, you know, I, I, it's something like I'm flying back a lot. Uh, I'm not even flying back for Thanksgiving, unfortunately. The tickets oh, wow. for like 600 bucks. Yeah. yeah but, um, um, you joined just rape okay. you. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I wish, but oh, yeah, I, I hate flying sucks, dude. Flying sucks. I've only done it twice in my life. It was a big phobia of mine for a long time, but, uh, we bought, I went to a Steelers game. Uh, and I used to drive to Pittsburgh all the time, but, that shit's fucking 10 and a half hours, bro. So I was like, let's just rip a flight one time. And the flight was only an hour. It was like 140 bucks. And it was so quick, dude. So I kind of got over my phobia. So that was in 2018. That was the first time I flew. And then the second time I flew, I saw uh, McGee and the guys over in South Carolina uh, back in April, which was a fucking disaster. It was great. Um, but it was my first time flying alone. And it was perfectly fine. I, I kind of had some jitters before and then just had a couple drinks at 630 in the morning like I usually do. And I was good to go. So would you ever consider moving uh, south full time? Yeah, it's a really good question, man. Um, I really appreciate um, the connections I have locally. Um, definitely, I think we have a really good um, fan base for what we do and stuff like that. I think it's great. But at the same token, I also believe in like evolution and expansion. So I think in order to kind of be successful, you need to branch out and meet new people and meet new connections as well, you know. But um, every day, I mean, I was such a homebody growing up. I'm kind of getting out of that mentality now. So to answer your question, I'm open to the possibility of um, kind of outsourcing and going to a different place for sure, you know, and uh Chicks are a little hotter and sluttier down south, and I'll take what I can get. So, maybe I'll see you in what? Florida pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, bro, um, come come see the Rays play in St. Petersburg. Legit, dude. I bet a playoff ticket for the game tomorrow is like seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the Sox are playing hoodie game Tampa tomorrow. Do you try to scalp a ticket? I want to go. They're playing tomorrow in Tampa. I believe tomorrow because the Rays have home field advantage. Damn, that's crazy. I, I know they're playing the thirteenth. What's up? I know they're playing the 13th because one of my fraternity values wanted to go. Uh, it's like 40, 40 bucks. That's unbelievable for bringing a playoff game. It's just because um, I'm going to look that up right now. It's just it's just because, once again, like the, the fans just don't give a fuck there. I mean, the Tampa Bay Bucs fans are pretty pretty legit, though, right? Even before Brady. like I feel like when Winston was playing, they were still getting people in the stadium, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's. I think part of it is just was just the planning. Like, they – there's stadiums all the way out in St. Petersburg, whereas, um, which is like the uh, little dicky do at the end of Tampa. It's not, it's end of Tampa Bay versus, and it's hard to get to. Oh, really? And then, good. yeah, it's a decent amount. It's like 30 minutes for me. And then, that's yeah, kind of a versus, you don't, you don't yeah, have a park, right? on campus. No, not yet. Versus like the box they played, you know, 15, 20 minutes from downtown. So, oh. and that, Plus that whole neighborhood, they have a whole neighborhood right near their stadium. So it's just, it's so much, it's easier to root for, honestly. Yeah. So um, how's the Greek life going? I feel like you're a little less ham about it this year. You're kind of getting acclimated. You're kind of getting comfortable. It's going well. You're kind of a yeah. seasoned veteran there now. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was actually kind of sad, Tom. We we're, uh, we're going to do our uh, big little brother ceremony and none of the pledges picked me to be their big brother. But oh, that was one man. of those things. Yeah. That's one of those things where like, 
sometimes you have to look like logically instead of looking personally. So looking logically, um, I don't have a car and I don't have an apartment, so they can't like come hang out at my apartment. They're going to come to my little single dorm and hang out with no couch. Like, no. So it's just, but I, uh, I think they're all cool guys. So end of the day, I'll hang out with them at some point. And at the same token, man, like, I mean, I assume you're going to do four years anyway in the frat. So it's like, I mean, you'll, as time progresses, you'll get your car on campus, you get an off campus apartment. Um, I'm sure I mean, you got plenty of time to have a, have a little bro um, for sure. Yeah. I always thought the concept, I kind of, I kind of teetered back and forth about Greek life. Like I think you do a Greek life is great because like you were into a brand new state, brand new school. And I think like it's a great opportunity to meet people when you're already, you're already a cool guy. Dude. I just, I, what kind of not pisses me off, but like, I mean, you're a South Park guy, the PC bros, that's what gets me going about Greek life. Right. <laughs> I really think, I really think that gives people like myself, like a very biased, um, biased, ignorant take on like what frat guys are like. I mean, you're a pretty cool dude and you're in a frat. You know what I mean? Because this, this good and bad everywhere. You know what I mean? So um, I was definitely pretty misled about like fraternities, but I'm sure it's a pretty good time for sure down there. You know, uh, how, how are the keggers like? You guys ripping it up? Every Friday we do a beer die and a keg. Uh, it's fun. But let me ask you this. How are the uh, how are the frat guys at Bridgewater? Were they PC? Yeah, man. You know, it's funny because like as a commuter, I was like wicked and out too because I was working. I was working the bar at Eagle Brook from like, 50 hours a week, Monday to Saturday, right? And I commuted to college. So I was pretty in and out. So I can't say much of a much of an experience uh, with frat guys at BC or sorry, at Bridgewater. But um when I but like every weekend, dude, I'd go see the boys at different schools. So I would deal with frat guys at like at like Plymouth State and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, man, I can talk to pretty much anybody, but there are definitely some fucking douchebags for sure. You know what I mean? Like I remember one time some guy gave me like, who do you know here? And I was probably like 25 years deep. So I was like, I'll let him know who I know. Not you. And like, I was like, none of your friends do either, dude. You're the least popular guy in your friend group. That's why you're doing the fucking door. Who the fuck are you to say I can't come to this party? And then like I left. It was great. It was I was with like 15 of my friends. And we just like we just literally roasted the guy. Well, he went bright red right away. We left. <laughs> and then we had that's so funny. after anyway. But yeah, I, that's like the one concept. That's like the one thing. Like college is dope. I'm really I'm really still glad that I commuted and, and uh, worked full time because I was able to make good, a good amount of money, kind of find myself a little bit and kind of like. Dude, I mean, if I was living at school, dude, I would be getting fucking trashed every day of the week. You know what I mean? I'm pretty, I'm pretty disciplined, but like, it's just too easy. I feel like just to like link up with a couple of local scumbags during the day and just rip it up at noon, you know? So, um, I'm really glad I committed, but to answer your question with frat guys, yeah, for the most part, like no beef with anybody in my experience with schools. But, um, the big thing that I ran into trouble with, not trouble, but always thought was kind of, kind of silly was the whole concept of the ratio where it's like, oh, how many bitches do you have? How many do you have? It's like, dude, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I remember like, I remember like, it was like me, it was like me, like three buddies, like a couple of our girlfriends, like we were all dating the girls and like, they were giving a shit about the ratio. It's like, I mean, ideally you're not going to fuck these girls anyway. Who cares? Let's just go in. You know, it was just, yeah, that's just, I don't know. I always thought that was kind of ham. What's your fret like with the ratios, like getting into parties and stuff like that? Do you guys handle about that? I wouldn't say we're ham. I've never been ham about anything in my entire life. Um, but like, it's just, uh, man, it's one of those things where you just like, okay, we want girls in, but you know, if you're a guy and you're bringing girls, you gotta pay a little bit because we bought all the beer and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. Um, what if, but, um, what, how does that go when people bring their own, like bring their own booze? Cause like typically if I, if I was rolling up to a, like a kegger or like party, I would just bring my own 30 rack anyway. You know what I mean? So it's like you probably do you still charge a cover fee if someone comes in with their own booze. I don't think I've ever seen seen anyone come in with their own booze. No shit, yeah. huh? So they just come in with the impression they're gonna get roofie play and flip. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Dude, for the record, like uh, DraftKings has a commercial every freaking commercial break, and I'm way harder than the chick that's in all the commercials. It's, it's bullshit. Like, it, like literally, I, I can't, I can't believe it. That's why I get that's total bullshit. Total bullshit. Uh, I think the PC bro stuff. I don't think I've ever laughed harder than uh, those episodes of South Park. Unbelievable, yeah, because that was um, so that was my senior high school that season, and I like to find my friendship with about 15, 20 of my friends. We were laughing about the whole, the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing, the PC Bros, all that shit. Dude. That was like my favorite friggin' season of all time, dude. And obviously, you got Randy Marsh being Randy Marsh at all times too. Just uh, South Park's dope, but someone was telling me they're just doing specials now with Paramount. They're not going to do like seasons anymore. Is that wrong? I know you're the you're the South Park guy. I think they're still going to do seasons, uh, but they just signed like a huge $900 million deal with Paramount to do like exclusive movies and exclusive stuff. Um, But I think, uh, I don't know exactly how the exclusive stuff's going to work because um, HBO Max bought the streaming rights probably for a lot of money. And at the same time, Comedy Central is, I think Comedy Central is owned by warner brothers and their whole the warner media they own hbo too so it's kind of sketchy you know, i don't know yeah. yeah you have a lot of big corporations within within that one that one domain where you got paramount kicking around warner brothers you got comedy central and hbo that's wild i can't say i know much about like how that industry works where it comes to like producing and stuff like that but those are four pretty big names backing one show it's just mm-hmm. crazy that friggin' what Matt Stone and Trey Parker write their episodes like a week before they come out. It, 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 I always thought South Park was incredible because they had, everything was based on current events for the most part. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think it also, it makes it funnier. And, and uh, on that same note, um, if you look at the longer running comedy shows in the same genre, the, uh, the family guys and the Simpsons. So the original, you know, writing staff and the, the producers and stuff, they all kind of graduated, especially the Simpsons. Uh, it's been kind of established that after around season 10, all the original writers, you know, Conan O'Brien, Brad Bird, who went on to do The Incredibles, all that, those OG writers, they all went on to do their own thing. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, it was like kind of like a stepping stone or like a, a stepladder where it's like, oh, I, I have a resume now. Let me kind of do my own thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Exactly. And like, I definitely love, I haven't seen, I probably haven't seen Family Guy in like five, probably since I, probably since I got into college, so like five, six years ago, all of my <laughs> six years ago because like family guy just got too political like like not that i am at all but like i feel like seth mcfarlane would just try to bring his own ideology to every yeah, episode exactly and also yeah and seth mcfarlane also um kind of moved away from the show he's been doing a bunch of other creative stuff but that my point was like that uh matt and trey they've always from the beginning they've written every episode and every joke they want to be as funny as possible you know when they're doing um uh that same season your senior year of high school it was a uh, uh, tweak x craig and they took all the fan art of um the uh it was like anime them making a relationship of tweak and craig in a gay relationship and they took all yep. the fan art and they put it in the show that's just oh, what really? they do that's yeah. pretty dope that's awesome um <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah those guys are ogs man uh dude the, the og south park movie is unbelievable it came out like in 1999 i think maybe early 2000 like the blame canada one that shit was that shit's i haven't seen that movie probably in close to 10 years but I'm sure I would still laugh my dick off watching it. You know what I mean? Oh, my oh, God. it's fire. It's fire. Satan having a gay relationship with Saddam Hussein is unbelievable. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> that shit, like, oh, my God. Blame Canada. I got to go back. I'm going to join that later tonight, maybe. Oh, man. 
And then they got nominated for an Emmy for a best original song or a Oscar for best original song. And then they showed up to the Oscars uh, in dresses. Oh, and all. I didn't know yeah. that. That's unreal. They showed up to the Oscars in dresses and on acid. It's a pretty funny story. Unbelievable. I mean, those guys set those guys kind of set the bar for, I think, a whole generation of like silly comedians. You know what I mean? And it's I'm, I'm so glad they're still kicking around and they never changed their identity because when South Park dropped, I mean, what are they? What are they on season like 20 something? It's probably so just as old as I am. 23 season 23 was 2019. So their seasons are usually like late August into December. Right. 10, it's like 10 episodes. Season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. But they instead of you know in 2020 they didn't do they did a fall special and then a spring special so yep. hopefully they're gonna get back to doing season soon or they might just do one more special and then make a season I don't know yeah so so in theory this is probably like their 25th year so they probably kicked off in like 1996 wow 90, South Park's uh, 97 97 bro yeah so I was born in 97 so I'm, I'm just turned 24 over the summer so I'm literally the age same age as South Park so what I'm getting at oh, it's an absolute bomb I got the baseball game on yeah bro! Justin Turner, tie game. Uh, anyway, so fucking, it, it's just crazy because times have changed so much politically, ideology-wise, and they never they never lost their identity. They're like, yeah, we're funny, fuck you, we're gonna, and I always thought South Park was great because they didn't pick on a certain demographic of people. They're like, we're gonna fuck with you no matter what. You know what I mean? You could be the president, you could be a, a rapist, like, you could be anybody in the world, you could be fuck, you could be anybody, Bruce Jenner, like, they, they don't care. Like, they're gonna, they're gonna shit on you no matter what, which is great. I just think it's really cool they've kind of held the same identity for 24 years. Not many people can say that. You know what I mean? Look at Seth Rogen. I think Seth Rogen's become such a – I don't want to call him a pussy because, like, I, I mean, I'm not – I keep my nose out of politics and shit, just mostly blow. Um, but, like, he's really – he, like, looks back. He looks back, and he's like, I hate everything I used to do, which sucks because he's changed with the times as well. And me as a aspiring – That does suck. Me as a, an aspiring content creator and comedian, like, I believe that – um, you can, I think comedy is controversial and you can do something funny and not be a fucking dick. You know what I mean? That's the point of comedy where it's like, I don't know. I think just Seth Rogen just kind of really changed. So, and, and I appreciate change in life and evolution, but I just, once again, I can't appreciate South Park enough for being like, yo, we're South Park. Fuck you and fuck everybody else. So that's just my take on South Park. Those guys are unbelievable. Uh, I wanted to, so a couple things on that. Um, number one, I wanted to run this by you. So I've had this theory for a long time that the four pillars of modern comedy would have to be Saturday Night Live at one. Two would be the National Lampoon, the magazine, and then the radio show, and then some of the early movies. Then number three would be Monty Python. And then number four uh, would have to be The Simpsons. Because if you look at all the, you know, the writers and the people involved in those shows, uh, you know, all those, it's like a coaching tree, right? Like look at all the people right. off Belichick's coaching tree. Right. That's it's a great like that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a really good point. I, I honestly, I got to do my due diligence and dive more into my uh, Python and Lampoon for sure. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of a product of localness where it's like, like I haven't even really seen Seinfeld. You know what I mean? And Seinfeld is one of the OGs too. You know what I mean? I'm, obviously, you know how much I love Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry oh. David too. So that's a <laughs> fucking I mean, I curb. Definitely, I definitely, I mean, The Simpsons is, is an OG for sure. And then SNL gave so many guys like Sandler, Chris Farley, David Spade, like Will Ferrell, all these guys are big Brit, even like Andy Samberg, just for like a local reference, John Mulaney, all these guys, you know what I mean? It's crazy. So it's like, I can't agree more. It's a really good, that's a really good list. I want to do some more research because I've heard nothing but fucking awesome things about Monty Python for sure. Um, and I've talked to, um, I've talked to Nicastro and some of the guys on our writing team about doing something like that too. Because Monty Python was just a bunch of skits within one, right? 
So I have like, I have in my notebook right now, I probably have like 30 to 40 skits already written done. Just our team is kind of scattered across the country at this point. And like everyone's busy with like the slides. And, and I, I, I mean, I got, I got draftings going right now too. So it's like, I've been busy myself. So it's like a lot of our guys have their, have their kind of their hands in different things, but we have so much content ready to roll. So once we get it rolling again, like we want to do a Monty Python type thing, we'll have like, for example, like a 10 to 15 minute um, episode with like four or five different skits. Um, we filmed, we actually just filmed a, um, like a pretty decent movie. It's going to be in like a couple film festivals in California over the summer. Um, McGee, oh. came, McGee came back home. It's kind of a slasher flick, which is, which is definitely a transition from our typical genre. You're like, mostly I'm like, I mostly do comedy. I play myself and everything I do. So I kind of play like a, a B roll, like just idiot. But, um, but it, it was cool, man. It was cool being back on, back on camera. And uh, I can't wait to get, I can't wait to do it again, dude. I mean, the, the backbone of our friendship, dude, I was just thinking about this before I hopped on is like, you love the fat boy movies when you were like in middle school, dude. You know, did I loved it. when I was in high school? I would, um, I just would rewatch some of the stuff and even the uh, the silly stuff on Twitter. That and um, fuck, I'm trying to think of the fat. Oh, uh, first day that is still hysterical. Just first day so is well done. first day the best thing that I've ever written in my entire life. Uh, and Chris, Chris was unbelievable. McGee was great. We had a great. I'll give you the. I'll give you the background on first day because this is a great fucking story. So I remember because so what happened was we got into you know in high school we started filming. I really became best friends with McGee and Chris. Chris has been my best friend for like over ten years now. But we really started doing content like our junior year when we became good friends with McGee. Right, McGee had the camera. We became friends. We all had ideas. So we started filming stuff like so we'd film a couple movies a year and then we went to college. Right. So then our plan was like all right let's film a movie let's film a movie like winter break. Thanksgiving, winter break, a couple over the summer. So I remember we're in McGee's backyard. We're hanging out, having a couple beers, and uh, we're trying to we're trying to brainstorm like what what should our big movie of the year be? And we're kind of like this was in between the OG Brookline and like Brookline Vendetta. It was like between those. It was like between those two. So I was like, why don't we like reenact the first day of high school? And McGee originally was like, I don't know, man, that would be kind of tough to do. And I was like, Let, let's just write it. So we wrote it, and then we had we had the script. We had, we had all these extras. And dude, we just showed up to KP. We just graduated high school. It was 20, it was 2018. So we had just graduated high school like two years later. We walk in, uh, Kip Lewis is there. And I was cool with the principals and stuff like that. Like they liked our friend group, even though we're pretty silly, they respected us. So I was like, hey, like they knew we filmed. Like, hey, do we, is it cool if we film a little quick skit here? And they were like, yeah, definitely. Without having any fucking idea of the magnitude of how ridiculous that film would be. You know what I mean? Um, and then, so long story short, the faculty ended up, we, had, we got like a thousand views like, in a couple of days, it was sick. But like the faculty ended up seeing it, and they're like, "Why are these kids in our school smoking cigarettes, talking about abortion, like rape, all this stuff like that?" You know. What I mean? <laughs> um, so long story short, it was frowned upon for us to show up at King Philip for a long time, and it probably still is. Um, I was really close with Kip Lewis because, like, he was just a good, good dude, and I would see him at Eaglebrook a lot. And he's like, "Dude, you really got me in fucking trouble one about that with that movie because he came to the he played in the men's soccer league, so he'd come in for beers at Eaglebrook like like nights when I would be bartending." Yeah, and, and busting, and he was like, "Dude, you really got me in fucking trouble for that." But I thought that movie was great too because, like, I think we did a really good job depicting like your typical first day of high school, and uh, and just I think just like the stereotypes and the in like the character ideologies, like we had like we had like the jocks, we had like the theater kids. I thought it was just really we had the, I, obviously I played the perverted teacher. I, Chris was like the quirky kid on the first day. I think we just did a great job, man, and uh, that for sure is my proudest work that I've done as a writer for sure. Oh, it's my favorite, and I love it. It's hysterical every time. I could rewatch it any day of the week. Uh, but so, what got you? What do you think got you into content to begin with? Because it's just been—I feel like you've been in the game for 
10, 10 years at this point, honestly, yeah, just for a long I, time. And I've got to be more consistent with it, dude, because people really thoroughly enjoy what we do, man. And it like almost puts a tear to my eye where it's like, I'll, I'll get to your question in a second. But like, I, I just think I just think that I'm just myself and I don't really give a shit what people think. I think people kind of fuck with that where they're, they're like, hey, man, like this guy's got balls. Like he just goes for it. And like, for example, like I've been getting really because I once I got the once I got the full time gig with DraftKings, I mean, I'll never succumb to being like the nine to five, but I just was busy and I was training and stuff like that. And I was getting football season. So like, I really got into the content for a while, but really got me back into doing it. Obviously, I was going to do it. I was at a bar taking a piss. I was fucking hammered. I was at Gillette. And some kid I've never met before, like I'm taking, I'm like, my dick's out. He like comes up and like pats me on the back. And I'm like, what's up, dude? How are we doing? I'm half cocked. And he's like, hey, man, like, you're like the guy from Twitter, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm on Twitter. What's going on? He goes, ah, oh, dude, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. And I was like, damn, man, if I can have that impact on like people that I don't even know, that's like a really cool sign, you know? So with that being said, I think from a young age, I just, I just knew that I think my friends and I are a very ridiculous and talented group of people. I think just our daily life and our fucked up thought process and our talents, man, I think we're pretty goddamn talented. My 30 best friends are the 30 most talented people I know personally. You know, and I think if we can if we can put our lives and our ideas on screen, people are going to love it. Um, so long story short, I've started to get into film when I was probably in middle school. I was like it was a little before Walking Dead came out. And I was a, we wanted to like film this big zombie movie. Me and my friends from Norwood, it flopped. But we just kept writing and writing and writing. We always want to do skits and they always flop through. And what kind of really kickstarted my career as a content creator, because I was always a writer. But like what really kicked off my career as a content creator was becoming like best friends with McGee and Chris. Because I had, and obviously we had a bunch of our friends at Buffalo too. Um, but like the, when the three of us teamed up, we're like, fuck, we got something going here. You know, we all have the similar, we have the similar drive. We have this, we have a fucking camera now, which is great. And we get a bunch of people that want to help us out. I mean, you've been an extra million times for us, which we appreciate. Uh, but to answer your question, man, I just think that, um, I think life's too short not to go for it. You know, you know what I mean? And uh, with that, with that being said, it's like, we're here for such a short little time. Like a, a true passion of mine is trying to make people smile, laugh, and have a good time. And if I can do that through media and content, let's fucking do it, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic. So how is the DraftKings gig going for you? I uh, When you told me about it, I was really stoked. I was like, that's right up your alley. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'll be frank. It's not what you really think it is to start, but that's any company you get into, right? So long story short, I graduated from Bridgewater in 2020 in, in the winter. COVID's still hot. Like the vaccine's not even out yet. So I graduated college. It's still a pandemic, dude. Nobody's hiring grads. Like, I couldn't go back and bartend because bars really were still restricted. Like at that time, there was still a curfew to go to the bars. You know what I mean? So like, I would, I would. So I was like, literally, dude, I was just like collecting unemployment, trying to find a job. You know? And I kept, I kept like applying to all these jobs, and I was applying, dude. And I'm like, this shit's fucking stupid. I don't want to like sell water. Like, I don't, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to like be a shitty salesman. So I, I just like, I, I saw DraftKings was was hiring, dude, and like. That's when Slim Thick was getting really hot, too. And obviously, my real passion is, like, sports journalism as well, you know? So I just kept fucking applying, dude. And I probably applied there between eight to ten times from when I graduated college in December to June. Um, and then I got – I was at Chris's house, and I was, like, kind of drunk. And I saw – yeah, I was drunk. Uh, shocker. And I was at Chris's house, and um, I saw DraftKings had a, a listing on Indeed again, but for a different a different department that I have been applying to. Um, and I applied, and I had, I had a couple beers in me. So I was like – I tweet, I literally just tweeted at him. I was like, I'm going to fucking do this or what? Next thing I knew, I had an email and I had a job interview. Got the interview, killed it. They loved my energy, my enthusiasm. They saw Slim Thick. They thought it was really fucking cool. Um, so long story short, I got hired. I got hired June 30th. So I've been there for a little over three months now. And it's cool, man. So my department, I'm a part of like the CX department, which is like a glorified like customer service agency, I guess. But it's for DraftKings. So long story short, everyone who gets hired by DraftKings, 
you could be you could be me or like or like I don't know a famous a famous content creator, and you're gonna start in the same level that I'm in. That's how that's how it kind of goes. So I kind of just deal with that's any it's any entry level job. You know what I mean? But the cool thing is like my job still is sports every day, and I'm just dealing with people's bullshit. I could call the douchebag at eight thirty in the morning because some guy got COVID and dropped out of a golf contest. That was pretty funny. Um, so I kind of just kind of just do customer service and deal with people's bullshit. But once I get a year in, that's how it goes. Because DraftKings is awesome, dude, because they strictly hire internally, right? So once you do your year of like bullshit, which I'm doing right now, you have the opportunity to move up within the company or move like like horizontally, vertically. So within ideally by June, I'll be doing what I love to do, which will be being on camera, uh, writing, writing journalism for them. So yeah, man, it's, um, it's cool. I mean, it's, pay, it's paying the bills, but uh, I'm in it for the long haul, which is cool, which I feel like, I feel like I'm in a good place, but I do, I am going to make it a big goal to keep content going up too, though. You know what I mean? Cause that, that really is my, that really is my bread and butter. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, comedy, especially. And I wanted to circle back to comedy. So what you were saying about Seth Rogen really bummed me out, but I think the direction where comedy is heading right now, and you feel free to disagree, but I feel like Lil Sasquatch on Twitter is where that's the big thing because he is a lot of, uh, he's a student of the game, first of all, big fan of Lil Sass, but he is non-offensive. He's more absurdist. He doesn't lean politically anyway. He's just absurd. Like I saw yeah. a tweet of his that was just like, oh, you know, uh tsa just found me with a bottle of water and executed me <laughs> like some he's like, yeah he's mad funny i love that i love what he tweets about he's getting to the gym he's actually getting pretty big but he's like oh another day of being the biggest fucking guy in the weight room he's like 160 pounds <laughs> like he's just um i couldn't agree more and i love that i love that um that kind of style of comedy that kind of like um oxymoron like like i i love what he's doing that's why i really got into um i think you should leave with tim robinson have you watched that like have you watched it on netflix I think you no, should leave. No. Dude, there's two seasons. They're quick skits, like they're like a, like 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 we were talking like a Monty Python type beat where it's like quick hitters. And you you said absurdist. He that is the most Berg, that is the most absurd comedy I've ever seen in my entire life. Is I think you should leave. Some of those skits, dude, are the fucking most ridiculous and funniest things I've ever fucking seen. Um, hundred percent. So I I really do like that. I really do like that that um that style of comedy a lot. My my style as a writer as a writer, I'm like I'm more of like a um like witty like i like writing like witty jokes like like kind of like um like quick hitters one-liners like reaction comedy but as an actor i'm more oblivious where i'm just like i would compare i would compare my acting to like dan mcbride where he's just like a fucking dick you know what i mean he's just loud he's an idiot like that's kind of how i act but as a writer i like to be a little more clever like i like i mean larry david's my influence i'm nowhere close to what he is one day hopefully i gotta become a jew first but um but yeah i think i think comedy i think comedy's because there's so many different broad styles to produce enjoyment which is great you know so i think little sass is great but you're gonna promise me you're gonna watch i think you should leave dude the episodes are 15 minutes i'll i'll text you i'll text you one of his skits they're on netflix too so i'll text you one of his skits after we talk you're gonna fucking love it it's unbelievable two seasons on netflix it's quick have you seen uh kenny powers in or uh danny mcbride in eastbound and down of course i had a kenny powers jersey in high school yeah that's fire (laughs) that's awesome I was um, so pumped out when he finally banged that chick with a huge tits and they showed her tits uh, in the season finale in season one. I remember I was like in high school, my phone was broken. So I was watching HBO to jerk off. Uh, and I remember pausing right on that chick's tits and they were unbelievable. I was so glad he scored. Um, but yeah, Danny McBride's awesome. I think uh, he fucking, he's great in everything he does. Pineapple Express is awesome. Uh, 30 Minutes or Less is a really underrated movie as well. That movie's fucking ridiculous. Um, what else is he really good in? Uh, 
God, what else is McBride awesome in? I'm blanking on something. But anyway, Kenny Powers, Danny McBride is a fucking OG a hero. I love that guy to death, for sure. How, how are you feeling about Curb season 11 coming out? How, bro, I feel like Larry has so much content to work with and so I much know, absurd stuff going on. It's going to be great. I'm like so pumped because like, I feel like with, with LD, with COVID, it can go either way. Where he's going to be like a wicked germaphobe about it or he'll be like, fuck this. You know what I mean? So I'm so, I'm so intrigued to see what his, like what his lean's going to be. Um, I was talking to one of my buddies about this the other day and he was like, yeah, I hope like it's not like, a season strictly about COVID. I don't think it's going to be. I, like, I think we're all over the society. Obviously, I know it's still, some people still give a shit. I never really did. But anyway, like hopefully the whole curb season isn't just about COVID. You know what I mean? So hopefully it's just like a little quick episode and then move on. But it's going to be great too. I mean, like Su- Susie's like the biggest cut of all time. She's unbelievable. Jeff's great. I mean, Leon's like my favorite, my favorite like sidekick in the history of anything. So it's going to be great. Dude, how great is that? Freaking Larry Davis, old 75 year old Jew being boys with like the coolest black guy of all time. Just like they're a great one, two punch. Oh my God. Curve was like, so I was always a casual curve fan. Like my, um, growing up, my dad was a big HBO guy. He'd watch like Sopranos. Like I know Dexter's Showtime, but like, but he'd do Sopranos, Dexter, Curb, stuff like that. So I'd grow up as a kid, dog like watching this shit like kind of with my dad but not like fully like i catch an episode here and there and then i remember when i got covid uh back in march i was like i have to be inside for 14 days like i might as well do an entire deep dive on like curb because i had i've seen like the funny shit like the funny episodes um but not the entire like the entire season of the show and i did that and dude like influential um i wrote a really funny a really funny skit that we filmed it should be out pretty soon it's called uh are you a nazi and that is very very Curb-esque skit, reaction comedy, stuff like that. Because, like, the shit that Larry David gets into, I relate to a ton. I think I have one of the most ridiculous lives of all time with the shit that I get into all the time. So it's, like, uh, with that being said, I, I like, kind of – I watch Curb for enjoyment, Berg, but I also watch it to, like, study. It's like game film. I'm, like, you, like I really I really find myself – you were saying earlier, like, a student of the game, you know? Uh, I think – also, um, you were talking about comedy becoming political, really. And, you know, SNL will, yep. instead of taking the hard road, they'll take the easy Trump joke over anything actually funny. And I think Larry, the first episode of season 10 with him in the the, the Make America Great Again hat, that is the Happy perfect way. That's the perfect way to do political satire, because it's not Larry taking a side and saying, you know, oh, Trump orange man bad it's him saying seeing the situation and seeing his whole environment and being like how can i manipulate this to make it better for myself and that's so larry david-esque and it always cracks me up dude i know and he's in fucking trump thought it was great like trump was still in office and trump thought it was awesome which was great so i mean trump's a new york guy i'm sure him and larry cross paths between seinfeld and like the beginning of curb and just like being being pretty prominent figure because Trump was an entertainer obviously before the president. So like I, I they've definitely crossed paths. So I'm sure Trump thought it was a fucking hoot, which was great, you know. Um yeah, dude curves unbelievable for sure. I gotta watch, I gotta watch Always Sunny. Chris gets on my ass all the time. He's like, dude, you gotta watch it because you fucking love it. I've always seen bits and pieces of Always Sunny, but it's <laughs> an episode that I love of Always Sunny. It's like one of the first ones of all time. And they're the what it's called Patty's Pub, right? Um it's like Wicked Dead and then like they become like a gay bar an accident and they're like booming and it's great and they like love it they're like eating it up it's unbelievable it's like one of my favorite episodes of tv ever they have so many good funny running jokes and also their punchlines are so and then the improv on top of all that is fantastic it's unbelievable so funny 
Is this curve or always sunny? Uh, both actually, okay, but gotcha, gotcha. I was specifically talking about uh, always sunny. Gotcha. Like they're, you know, running jokes that one of the characters is dyslexic and uh, he, he'll be like, oh, I turned on the cores sign. So it's the everyone walking by the bar knows we have ice cold cores and they'll be like, Charlie, that's the closed sign. It says closed. <laughs> that's fucking awesome, dude. And there's an episode. Just... <laughs> there's an episode one of my managers showed me at work when I was still at work like years ago. And uh, it was about, I mean, them getting day to veto was great, right? And so they go to a water park. And Danny Vito wants to skip the line, so he pretends he has AIDS. So he's having a great day. He's, like, going down the slides and shit, right? He's having a blast, skipping lines. So I think it's, like, a make-a-wish thing, right, dude? So anyway, fucking long story short, it's, like, the end of the episode. And he goes down the slide that doesn't have much water on it. And, like, obviously, you know, if you go down a slide with no water, you're going like, to, like, scratch out your back, right? So he goes down this massive slide, cuts his back wide open, goes right in the water. And he's bleeding everywhere. And like, that guy has AIDS. And they play like the Joss music because everyone thinks he has AIDS. And like, dude, you got to watch it on YouTube after this. It's literally un- unbelievable. I was, I cry every time I watch that scene. Um, the, there's another uh, always sunny joke <clears throat> where they're putting out, um, they're putting out flyers for their, their party mansion or something like that. And uh, they're like, oh, you know, the the flyers in the shape of a bicep and they're like oh you know i thought it was a dick they're like why did you think it was a dick and not say anything oh because i thought it went with the whole masculine thing and then and then they go uh if you wanted to be a bicep you should have put more veins on it <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking unreal dude oh let's go holy shit yeah I, I gotta do i gotta do a deep dive on that too for sure i like like i told you as a student of the game and a guy trying to improve my arsenal every day, I need to do my due diligence and research and like watch and like learn. So always thought he was definitely next on my list for sure. Have you ever watched Entourage? No, I know you're Johnny Drama on Twitter. That's a character in it, right? I need to. I, yeah. Um, everyone I talked to was like, dude, you fucking crush too. I do like, I just like, I don't watch a ton of TV. Believe it or not, dude, and I really fucking should. Like the only really shows I've ever watched ever like fully was Walking Dead before it was shitty. And then, and then probably Curb recently. Aside, again, catch the occasional South Park family guy. I'm, big, I'm more of a movie guy, to be honest with you. But um, no, I know Entourage should definitely get watched for sure. Um, it's like it's a it's like a comedy, right? It's a, it's about like actors in LA. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of loosely based off Mark Wahlberg's crew going to LA. He executive produces, and it's these four guys from New York. So it would be like you, Nicastro, um. James McGee, and then you know what's your other friend's name? Jared, maybe. Jared, sure. Let's say yeah, yeah. yeah Jared. So it'd be like you and your boys. So say you're probably the famous movie star of the group, and then the rest of them are just your crew. One of them's your manager. Uh, all that stuff. So it'd be it's cool. It's fun. It's guy stuff. It's funny. So cool. Hell yeah! I'll definitely check it out, man. For sure. Sounds good. It's on HBO Max, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're cool. a big movie guy. So what movies are you rocking with? So I have this, I, I've kind of run into a shitty habit where I get baked and watch the same 12 movies all week. Um, so I, I'm like, I'm a sucker for like, uh, I'm a sucker for old Sandler, obviously early Will Ferrell too, stuff like that. Like I do need to broaden my horizon too. Like I'm, I'm trying to get into Tarantino for sure. Cause I do want to, I fucking love film dude. So I want to like, I want to see the hits. You know what I mean? I want like, I want to see the classical films. Like when I saw, I saw at, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I never saw a Tarantino movie before ever. I was the most confused motherfucker of all time in the movie theater because it kept jumping back and forth. And I'm like, what is going on? 
And then I got to obviously I, like when I hit up McGee and Chris after like that's what he does. Got got to see Django and stuff like that too. So I I, I want to do more Tarantino for sure. But to answer your question, dude, I get fucking high as shit. I watch Ted the Waterboy, Step Brothers, fucking the hangovers, like <laughs> just stupid shit like that. You, you know what I mean? Oh my god. Bro, Ted is so stupid, but I love it every single time I watch it. It'll <laughs> always make me laugh. 100 percent dude oh my god but if you want to give me like a i'd love it if you gave me a list of movies to rip through and the next time we next time we link up on camera or just text i'll like i'll be caught up give me a fucking yeah I, w- I would uh i would love to give you a list and i'll do yeah, it all sure. on streaming um like i know you're uh you're not a big drug guy neither am i but you know like people i like I think that one of the best nights ever would just be like take a Xanax and watch Wedding Crashers. Like that's my ideal Friday night. Oh man, you and fucking Xanax, dude. You and friggin' you and friggin' Pat Royce, brother. I mean, at this rate, you just gotta do it. And see how it goes. <laughs> I took like half one. It's not like I don't like. There's drug use and there's drug abuse, in my opinion. Drug abuse would be if I was taking a stick and that was kind of higher in milligrams. And then just drinking a ton of liquor and just being a mess and that all, you know, my heart rate would be like too slow. Yeah, you'd be juice world. Um, But drug use is me taking a Xanax and not drinking at all and watching wedding crashers in my bed after an exam. I've actually and that. Yeah, dude, that's definitely fine. Uh, I've actually become a pretty I'm not like no, I wouldn't say I'm a pothead yet, but. I'm smoking a good amount. Like I don't want to sleep at, at night. So it's like, I I'll like rip an edible or smoke. My mom smokes me up. It's mad funny. My boys. So I'll just get high and go to bed and watch a movie, which is great. Like I'm honestly, obviously I still, I'm still a goose bag, but I'm really trying to transition a little more towards pot. Cause it's better for you, dude. I mean, like I'm at the rate where I've been like, I really didn't really start boozing booze until I was like 17, 18. But I mean, I had like a seven year run, dude. I was like Michael Jordan fucking in the nineties. Like I was like putting up fucking numbers, winning championships, getting hand jobs. And like, now I'm just like, dude, we're getting old. Let's settle down a little bit and uh, take an edible and go to bed for sure. But um, I know it's funny. That's what I'm <laughs> alcohol is so hard on your body, bro. It's been hard. And even I'm starting to notice it. I rip, you know, I was junior in high school ripping a sleeve of nips and like getting rowdy at a uh, hockey games or, you know, after lax practice. But now I'm, you know, I'm still a young man, but Jesus. It's expensive too, bro. Just wait till you're 21, man. Cause like, you're gonna I, i'm gonna quote billy madison when he grabs a fat kid by the cheeks and says cherish it cherish getting a 30 rack with your boy is a pain for a cup at the fucking frat kegger because like then you'll be me and my guys we'll spend a hundred bucks to get rejected at the bar Gillette. you know it, it's nuts man it's 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 unbelievable like drinking out i do it way too much and it's it's a wicked expense it's obviously it's dope it's cool to get the beer with the boys go out go clubbing and shit like that but dude that shit adds up so cherish fucking the nights you hang with the guys on the couch or have a have a have a house party and just pay 20 bucks for a rack and cherish that shit because soon enough dude 20 bucks is two drinks i know tampa's go with their happy hours when you come back to mass if you ever do it's a fucking nightmare you gotta <laughs> you know what i mean but um back to xanax what a transition huh <laughs> i remember so <laughs> so i was a freshman i was a freshman in high school and that's when my anxiety started get really bad so i go like i didn't really know what xanax was right so long story short i meet up with not a therapist but my primary doctor um and i'm like hey dude like I feel like shit. Like my anxiety is terrible. Like, do you have a suggestion? What should I do? Um, I tried therapy. Didn't really love it. And I was like, I was wondering if I could like, if, if you think, if you think Xanax would work at the time, I didn't really know what Xanax was. I literally thought it was like an antidepressant, which it might be still, I'm not really into the science of that at least, but he like was pissed. He's like, what are you trying to get high? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to calm down too. But long story short, he's like, I don't think it's really good for you to be honest. And then didn't end up taking it. I've never taken it in my life. And I probably never will. 
um, for sure. But Dude, yeah, well, that's the, uh, that's the Massachusetts difference because, you know, I have fraternity brothers that they're doctors and it's because they care. They don't want you getting hooked on the, uh, the harder stuff. Um, I had my first pills for anxiety were, um, and it's not, I'm not super anxious anymore. I was maybe like a little bit, but, um, I, uh, it was like a Benadryl chemically, but you know, I have a fraternity brother that, you know, 11 years old, they put them on a half a milligram of Xanax for anxiety. Like that's not good for you. Yeah. That's not good for you. 11 years old ripping Xanax. Well, I mean, obviously you're not ripping them. You're a kid. Then you become so so accustomed to having them when you have them throughout high school and you start flipping them. Mm. <laughs> but um, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I think I really do think I really do think medicine is an amazing thing, though. I mean, medicine probably saved my life, you know, as long as you can find the right thing. And I mean, I would never I would even like I would never dabble in Xanax because I just know I know I wouldn't abuse it, but I just know I'd end up just like, I don't know. That shit I don't want around me and my friends for sure. You know, know. what I mean? But long story short. It, yeah. It's so nice. It's just so hard not to like just be such a degenerate and buy a ton and just rot. It's, ugh, I hate it, like, you're, you know, you're like, you know, from what I, what I infer, it's like, you're like in a lethargic state, right. When it comes to having Xanax, like, you're, uh, you're like, just, you're, you're just wicked calm. It's like a beer, but you're just super calm. You're like, yeah. uh, to quote a pineapple express, you're like a, That's like a slice of, like a slice of butter on top of a, big old pile of flapjacks <laughs> dude that's what when you ask me my favorite movies that's one of them too Nick Bryan's great in that as well dude oh my god unbelievable because I've had situations where I've, I've bought weed from somebody and he like wants to chill and I'm like no oh, man I'm just trying to go jerk off and go to bed and get high he's like oh come on hang out and then you end up hanging out at three o'clock in the morning and it's a blast for your drug dealer but um for sure that's an all-timer for sure um once again that's, that's it sucks that Seth Rogen and Franco freaking broke up huh Bro, I know what what's good with I mean, like, I, you know, we're obviously an anti sexual assault podcast here, but um, it just sucks that people just, you know, it's it's that quick with people these days, you know, you even allege something bad happened. And then they're like, we can't fuck with you anymore. It stinks because they were hysterical. The the interview is still uh, I this know. day. I, I swear the interview was the last one of the last actually funny movies ever made because after 2014, I can't think of a funny movie. I know. I remember we talked about that in the Slimthick group chat. We're like, we had our movie guy, Paul Riley, getting involved too. And we're, um, and we're just talking about like, when was the last good comedy movie? You know? And we like, we put a list of them out. We really couldn't think of much, like you said, like after 2014. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, it sucks about Franco and, and Seth Norman because they'll probably never work together again. But at the contrary, what if uh, what if Deshaun Watson replaced Seth Rogen and started doing movies with Franco? That could be- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. What if uh, uh, who else? What if we got Bill Cosby back in the back in the game? That'd be great. Dude, he's still he's free, right? Bill Cosby's he's fucking back yeah. in the game. Like, what if we got what if we got OJ back in the game? Oh my god, OJ's Twitter is unbelievable, dude. His updates are phenomenal on Twitter. He actually has a really good. Talking football, but he still should be in prison. So, <laughs> hey, Twitter world, hey, Twitter world, it's OJ. Yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, d- did you see that? Uh, that little sass joke he did. Did he posted it? He did a 10 minute set in a stand up. I don't know if I you watched it. I, I haven't seen it. Yet. I saw it. it was recently, right? The other day. All right? It's like 10 minutes and it's so funny. Well, it's like relatively funny for 10 minutes, but. Uh, he does this one joke where he uh, talks about, oh, you know, my parents didn't know how to punish me. So uh, I woke up and I take antidepressants. So I woke up one day 
and I couldn't find my antidepressants. And my, I asked my mom, you know, where are my antidepressants? And she holds up the bottle and says, happiness is for good boys. <laughs> like actually one of the funniest people any it's like how do you write comedy tom because i would like to i i think i'd like to do an open mic in tampa at some point but i um i just haven't i i have a couple jokes on my phone but i don't know how to write it it just dude it just fucking it just fucking comes natural i swear to god dude i just feel like my comedy is a big product of circumstance where I'm like, where in this dialogue could someone become uncomfortable? You know, like where can, it's, it's just, like I said, I'm a big reaction comedy guy where it's like, my, my brain's fucking nuts too. So like, we're talking about Seth Rogen be, or, or Franco being an alleged rapist and Rogan Dublin. In my head, I'm like, all right, who's an alleged rapist? I can make a joke about it. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Boom, they're doing a movie. Five bunch of two, motherfucker. You know, stuff like that, man. It's just so quick. And I'm really proud how naturally it comes. Um, but yeah, dude, it's just, um, a lot of my comedy, a lot of my comedy is, um, like stories about my life for sure too, which is like, I'm a product of experience and a product of habit a lot, in a lot of things in life. So a lot of my comedy reflects in that. For example, one of my favorite, one of my favorite comedy jokes ever. Remember I was doing, remember I was going to the, the stage around them like last year, ripping them every day. It was so fun, dude. I got to start doing that again, you know? Cause there weren't any open mics. And like, at that time, COVID was still hot. I was college was remote. I didn't have a job. So I would kind of do my homework from, you know, eight to two, doing slim thick at the same time too. So come two o'clock, my day was kind of done. I go to the gym, I'd lift and I'm like, all right, what can I do today? And I'm like, all right, I'll write a stand-up joke. And a lot of my stand-up jokes are about experience in my life because it's just a fucking ridiculous thing. So one of my funny ones is about um the time I got my ass eaten. Hey, you remember this one? It's a good one. So, no, so I, I want to hear it. Long story short, it's, it's one of my favorite ones. So long story short, um, years ago, I'm staying at my girlfriend's house at the time. Like her parents are out of town. So I'm staying over. We have a fire, have a couple of drinks, people are relieved, you know, we have sex. So people do that. That's why I used to have sex back in the day. Anyway, so long story short, the, the dog, the dog was in the dog was in the bedroom. And while we're banging, uh, the dog jumps up and eats my ass. That like that's the premise. So like long long story short. So I that that was the first time I asked I didn't really ask my guy, but the dog ate my ass, right? And here's the punchline that comes in. The dog ended up dying about a couple months later. And I guess it's my dog should be chocolate. So long story short, I, I <laughs> like, and just like I was like, and I, I wrote that. I, I didn't write that when that happened, but I was just thinking. I'm in my writer's room. I'm thinking about shit like in my life. Like, what's a funny thing? What's a funny thing that's happened in my life or around me? And I'm like, oh, this is a good punchline. Cool, like that. It just comes naturally, dude. I'm really proud of that. So I think I'd be fucking an idiot not to tap on that potential. You know, long way to go, but I think we got a good start for sure. Definitely, and uh, just keep writing, man, because you have such a funny, unique voice that cracks me up. Uh, I wrote a joke. It's in my notes on my phone. I'm going to run it by you real quick. Um, and I, this is based off. So I got a text from, from Emmett E. Um, and he's telling me we're having a lifeguard beer Olympics and I need you on my team. So I go up there to New Hampshire and we do it, but he works with a lot of, a lot of the lifeguards he works with were gay. And, uh, you know, so I, <laughs> um, which is obviously fine. We're pro gay podcast here, we are. but flag in the back, def definitely. And um, so a lot of the lifeguards he works with were gay, and so I was talking to these guys, and they were like the coolest, nicest people ever. So I was thinking, like, how could anybody ever be homophobic? If have they ever met a gay person if they're homophobic? Because I met like two or three gay people. 
in one like night and all they did was just ask me for relationship advice and then like tell me I was better looking than everybody there. <laughs> love that. Love that. Yeah, dude, it's it's a fucking it's uh, I've I've only met cool gay dudes for sure. You know, very very nice group of people for sure. It's fucking uh it's a good punchline though for sure. Um what was I going to say I I had a comedy joke about like I tell you my mind's fucked up so me and the Castro went out for brunch one time. Uh we get breakfast and like, keep in mind, like I'm the big guy, and Chris is like, Chris is like, a little short, handsome. Uh, so we, we we already look like we already look like we're like together. You, you know what I mean? We're getting mimosas, we're getting breakfast, having a blast. And in my head, I'm like, oh my god, we look like a gay couple. I thought it was great. I ate it up. It was awesome. It's like one of my favorite comedy. I did a stand up about that too, where it's like, oh my god, that's just the way my mind works too. But that's pretty good. But um, yeah, dude, just keep writing, man. I can't, I've never done a full open mic because um. Because once again, COVID was happening, and I really haven't been writing as much lately. But I'd love to. It's definitely, it's definitely hard though, dude, to stand up in front of that many people. Like very like hard. I'm really, I'm like really open online, like silly. But public speaking still blows. Like you, you, you know what I mean. And that is public speaking. You know what I mean. So um, I want to see. You know who does a great job with um, with uh, stand up is Zach Valencia and Cole. They're killing it. Big Cole is Friday crushing Pierce. it. Friday Beers. It's unbelievable. I know. He, yeah, uh, I saw he did a stand up stand up set the other day. Um, he was advertising on Instagram, and I hit him up. I was going to get me some footage. I got I got to backtrack and see if he got some because he's a hopefully someone will film. But um, those guys those guys are go getters and they're killing it. And um, I miss we worked with them a lot back in the day too, and I'd love to again. I know I know Cole is out in LA now, but um, I know I know I think Dickie B is still kicking around. He's a fucking he's a talent dude. That kid's been. I was talking to Chris about Zach once the other night. We haven't seen him in a grip, but um, that guy's consistently putting shit out. And that's what it's gonna be. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you need to be persistent and motivated in this industry for sure. And that's something that I definitely possess, but I need to retap back into. Yo, Berg, what's your take on TikTok? I don't fuck with it at all. I, I probably should because like I need like that's how people are getting fucking big. And I feel like I need TikTok, but I just think it's so fucking lame. No, yo, so it definitely is kind of lame. But I will tell you this, Tom, all a lot of social media and media in general is going to start moving in that direction because look at brands a lot of brands if you think of barstool you know total frat move before it got deleted all these brands their whole a lot of their content is ugc user generated content and what tiktok is is all user generated content and it's not corporations like trying to like talk like they're our age it's actually funny people being witty and they came yeah. Gen Z and our generation were very witty. You know, we grew up in an economic recession with a lot of strife. And for some reasons, a lot of us are funny as hell. And the way TikTok and its algorithm algorithms work is that if it, you're producing good content consistently, they will show that to a lot of people. Uh, look at Liam, you know, Liam's video, his best, uh, not his best, he, every video is his best video. They're all hysterical. But his probably his most well recognized part, right? viral birthday. video, yeah, his the balloon video. Lovely. So on Twitter, right, it does I think 600k views with 30,000 favorites. On TikTok, it does over a million likes. It's not stupid. Strictly likes, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers, but it does over a million views, like 1.3 or four, and I think maybe. 600 likes so the way tiktok tiktok's algorithm that's the way content is trending unfortunately 
but then it, everybody's kind of knows that now. So it's a lot now, of competition. Now, do you think now, Bert, I, this, I think you, you'll probably agree with me here. Now, do you think TikTok is so prominent right now because attention spans are so bad where it's like, I can only watch something for a minute because personally, dude, like I personally, I see my attention span deteriorating every day myself. Like I really, I think I'm a relatively disciplined person when it comes to like being focused, but lately, dude, I don't know if it's because I'm smoking weed now, but it's like, I really can't sit still for a while. No, I think definitely, some, definitely, I think definitely, definitely. Some, some like form of ADHD at this point. So like TikTok, you're only committing. That's why Vine was dope too, because Vine was only six seconds, like having sex with me. Uh, and like, but, t- but TikTok, TikTok is literally a minute. So it's like, all right, dude, I can do a minute and then I'll do a minute. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that's probably why it's, um, why it's so prominent. Well, um, it's that, and you don't have to, the only thing you have to click is double tapping for a like. It's not, it's an endless feed. All you have to do is move your finger up and up, 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 up. It's an endless feed. There's no end. You can click on a sound, you can click on a hashtag and you will see endless videos. And that's a big part of it is the endless feed uh, just makes it so much easier to get lost. And you'll never spend under 10 minutes on that app because you will just get lost and be like, oh, that's a funny video. Let's see more of that. It's just so bad. I found myself like, you know, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to take a little siesta after lunch and just, I I end up spending much more time than I should, which is why I'm trying to get back into reading again, just because it's a lot better for you. I need to read. I wish I knew how it'd be great. (laughs) But uh, I'm a big, so I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan of the Pat McAfee show. It's probably my favorite show on TV right now. I think it's unbelievable. So they have Aaron Rodgers on every Tuesday and they're doing their own book club now. And it's so funny because McAfee like definitely doesn't read the books and he just pretends he does. It's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I do like I want to I want to get into reading big time because I think it's just good for you. Dude, I got a book with your name on it. It's uh, how to stop worrying, how to stop worrying and start living. And uh, and then I have another I have another great book for you. It's the power of positive thinking for young people. And it's it was written in 1957. So you'd love all the uh, casual sexism and racism. And uh, it's, it's, the casual sexism was the funniest part, though, because it was like, a, you know, your worries are like when a housewife tries to use a kinked up vacuum, you have to unkink the vacuum to be able to use the uh, the vacuum better it, to suck better or whatever. It was some <laughs> nonsense like that. That's unreal, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. And I just think reading is like once again it's a very disciplined thing as well where it's like you're going to be you're going to sit down and sit still read these words infer what's being said to you kind of like yeah i i I need to i think it'd be really good for my um my new onset adhd to like read more you know what i mean not just on twitter just like read read like read a book like maybe i'll read catcher lion ryan like kill john lennon or something that'd be awesome (laughs) yo yo why do i feel like killing john lennon right now i just read this one (laughs) book about uh is it butters like the greatest character of all time the shit that happens to him is unbelievable i butters is uh definitely one of my favorites butters and jimmy are my favorite side characters but um Jimmy and Timmy Beaton, yeah. like about who's the who's the smartest fucking who's yeah. the smartest retard is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I read The Catcher in the Rye this summer because I was uh ironically tweeting about it, and then I watched that South Park, and yep. then uh, I was I was actually I was like, okay, is this book? You know, I that was the best essay I ever I ever wrote. The best grade I got in high school was a ninety two on my essay about The Catcher in the Rye. Partly because I had the valedictorian edit it and uh, I gave her money for it. But 
Um, you banger? I <laughs> no. Why not? No. You get laid probably... over? Uh, yeah, actually, I wanted to get into that. Uh, I'll, let me. I'll get into that right after this. Um, all right, all right. Sex but... talk. Here we go. <laughs> some locker room talk because we're fucking guys being yeah, dudes buddy. um but i read the catcher in the rye this summer and semi-ironically and i got done reading it and i was like wow this book actually sucks a kid complains this it's about a kid complaining the whole time he has he has a completely glass half empty mentality. He refuses to change his thinking. All he does is think that other people suck when he is actually the biggest pussy whiny brat out of the whole lot. And it's unbelievable. That's nuts. So when you read that junior high school before you actually read it, like the, for the book report, was it junior or uh, sophomore year? We read it in high uh, school. I remember. I remember because it, it was on the curriculum. Um, but my teacher, I think I lied to her that year. And he was like, yeah, we're just not going to read this. So we did. We read something. I think we like read uh, Into the Wild instead, which was great because I didn't want to kill John Lennon. So Leidner's the boy. I had him for creative writing. He was the best teacher yeah, I, I ever had. I wish creative writing was a thing when I was in when I was in high school. I took uh, I took scripts and screenplay with Lambert uh, my senior year. Me, actually, Mina Castro and um, and uh, Greg Casey took that. and It was a blast. It was cool because obviously as, as writers, Chris and I digged it. And I know Greg had a good time, too. I just wish like. I do wish high school, you'll see this all over Twitter all the time. Like I do wish high school kind of prepared you more for like, I wish high school you had the option to take kind of like what you could in college, where it's like you could like pick shit that interests you like going into college instead of like having to take the same bullshit. When I became a senior, electives became more prominent, where it's like you could do sports broadcasting at KP, you could do creative writing, you do scripts and screenplay. So I wish that was like a thing all four years instead of having to take fucking geometry. You know, you know, what, I, you know what I mean? So I, I think that's why I think, are you taking any cool classes right now in Tampa? Or you kind of so just bang Gen <laughs> Last year, I took a creative writing class, and I actually really liked it. I did well in it. Um, cool. Just well, that's right, that's wrote out, some silliness. And then I wrote – or I would like to take a journalism class for sure. And then I would like to take – I actually – on my own time, I want to learn how to edit better because I bought the uh, the software that Friday Beers uses. So – you know, all that editing stuff, that's the future of content and what we're going to be consuming. So is there software sophisticated? Like, I thought they were just kind of quick cuts. Um, what are There's they? Use? Two main ones. Um, I don't I'm not sure which one they use. The Premiere Pro is one. And then um, Final Cut is the Apple version of Premiere Pro. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So thankfully, uh, with me being mostly primarily a writer and an actor. I'm never in the post-production room. Like, I'll be there. Like, I'll be there. Like, I'll like McGee and McGee would edit all the time. Um, and then Chris is getting into editing now, but for me, I mostly just write and act. Um, so personally, I've never edited a thing in my entire life. I'll like edit on iMovie, like stupid clips. I saw you like my Cassiano's tweet today. I thought that kind of flopped. I thought that was kind of funny. Him taking Jerry Remy with cancer deep. I thought that was great. But, no, I retweeted it. I thought it was hysterical. I think I got, I think I went one and one. I think that was it. I flopped. Hey, you flop sometimes. It happens. I thought it was fucking great. I was still drunk when I woke up. That's probably why I did it. But, uh, I don't know. But like movie maker is pretty much the pinnacle of like my editing, um, expertise but i'd like to get editing more too because i find myself sometimes having to rely on other people to help in the post-production and if i could learn how to i bet you'd agree if i can learn how to do that tool and you're, you're kind of building a full arsenal in the full a full like a five-tool player if you can edit write apps etc exactly yeah so, and i uh i would love to take a journalism class i think it's great journal, like and i want to get want to get into blogging my buddy runs this um this 
college party circuit and they're they have no they don't really have a ton of content i do memes for them just jokes and stuff bullshit but um i was talking to them and they're thinking about adding a blog and i was telling them you know i used to write one two blogs a week um for slim thick and i actually really i blogging is one of my favorite things to do i just think if you can make people laugh in three to four paragraphs you know two or three jokes uh, a paragraph or a sentence yeah. that's and you did a great job too i can't thank you enough you really did and like you because your your prompts are topical which are great so it's like like personally like i care more about this is new for me too because i used to always care about clicks back in the day with fat boy and stuff like that but as i kind of grew as a journalist and just like a man like i i just appreciate genuine writing and comedy more than clicks now but dude like your clicks were fucking great too so it was perfect too like i knew because you wrote very like you wrote very good topical blocks that like people are going to click on with your list your categories and stuff like that and i was talking to, i was talking to big c about this recently myself where we kind of want to bring it back the, the reason why we stopped doing some thick is because i got the full-time gig at DraftKings, and i was for my training sessions i was forced to be on zoom from nine to five three weeks in a row 21 days in a row or like sorry 15 weekends 15 days in a row um so the last thing i wanted to fucking do dude was look at my laptop after work or before you know what i mean so and between that like people were kind of working summer jobs and like big c was busy his job like we, no one was blogging and i was paying for the domain every month and i'm like i'm paying for none of and, and i know you did the landscaping gig over the summer too where it's like i was paying for no one to work even though like i know it was freelance but like i was paying for no one to contribute so i was like damn why don't we just put it on pause for a little bit but um with that being said man like DraftKings were like wicked not busy surprisingly this, this year i guess our shit's together so my department i'm not that busy so i have time to i have time to write again dude so i think we might we're having discussions about bringing the domain back because dude like people fucking love what we do because once again i'm gonna and you're, you're part of the demographic i spoke about earlier where it's like i couldn't be surrounded by a better more talented group of entrepreneurs and comedians and, and, and artists and stuff like that so it's like we need to tap on that dude people dude we sold a thousand dollars of something sports shirts in like four days like people believe in the vision. No, no shit. Really? My people, dad loves his slim thick shirt. People believe in our vision and our, and our mentality where it's like, look at you. We're on your podcast right now. That's like, like that's entrepreneurship. That's you taking initiative. That's fucking great. That's you having a passion and going for it. And that's what we do. And people fucking appreciate that because so many people, well, I learned. So Bridgewater, like, I don't know, I got two degrees. Who gives a fuck? But there was one class that really stood out to me and it was just an elective. And it was, it was, um, it was a social problems class and I'm not going to get political, but like something that I took within that class, it taught me about social norms and ideologies. Right. So within that class, I learned a lot about how people kind of succumb to the nine to five where it's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to graduate college. I'm going to do this nine to five. I'm going to, and then I'm going to fucking die when I'm 80 and that's it. They never really, they get content with the cubicle and they get content with kind of the social norms and just like, Oh, you know, my, you know, just kind of following the stigma. And um, my biggest thing in life, whether it's uh, mental health, comedy content anything i do is breaking the stigma and so once i learned that with like through literature in class i was like damn man that's what i really want to do um so that's why i kind of i that's why i wanted to do slim thick because i was like damn dude like obviously i could i could sell i could i could work for a management company i could sell shit like i mean DraftKings is a cool gig too but i'd still like to do i'd prefer to do slim thick full-time i want to do comedy full-time and some of that it's i'm a, I'm a really good safe net with, with that being said i haven't lost my identity of kind of still wanting to do what we're doing right now you know what i mean um, that's why I was pumped when you were like, yo, let's do it tonight. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's run it, bro. Um, Cause it's, it's cool, man. Because I just like, once again, like, I think we're surrounded by such a good group of people who kind of want to just fucking go for it. You know, the talk about guys like, like Jake Flynn, guys like that too, McGee, like all these guys, it's just like, we all have the capability to succumb to society and social norms, but like life's too fucking short not to go for it, dude. You know, 
like exactly and um you know if you can look back and just say hey i i took that shot at least i tried i'm not just because when when you're young it's so much easier but if you are older and you it's you're the middle of your life and you're like i i'm all right i'm gonna go for it well you can't go for it you're stuck in your job you have kids to get through school put food on the table you have to pay your bills your mortgage your wife's probably hates your guts so it's just you can't go for it at that point and uh, and that sucks so i'm very happy as a young man to be blogging and trying to you know see hey if this doesn't pan out you know whatever i'm not stressing over it i'm studying still i'm having fun i'm playing beard eye with my friends and at the end of the day i went for it so you wanted to hear about the love life bring it on uh, I actually met a wicked nice Jewish girl, and we went Hello. and. Uh... <laughs> what is the? Uh, have you seen the episode of Curb where uh, Larry pretends to be a uh, Orthodox Jewish? Of course. Oh, oh, on the schema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. Keep talking. Um. Well, she was just wicked nice. We went to. Uh, she was going out later, so we went to this nice Mexican restaurant, ordered no food, just ordered the uh, the margarona, which is they give you a big margarita and they give you a Corona. Yeah. And you okay. do the margarita and the Corona. Yeah. Before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, she had one of those. and She was cocked, but she was super funny. She nice. loved uh, she liked to take Quentin advantage Tarantino. of her. No, no. Why not? No. <laughs> um she was wicked funny she liked quentin tarantino movies and all sorts of good movies she loved kanye music um and she uh she was just chill as a person and she also was like good friends with my fraternity brothers that are also chill so cool. uh, um, i was i'm happy man is there a second date coming up i would like to think so yeah dude well, i mean I, from from my uh, you should ask her to watch a tarantino movie be like yo let's watch let's watch the movie like what's your favorite one let's rip it you know what i mean that'd be dope definitely definitely so she likes tarantino and kanye are we taking her to paris or what dude <laughs> yeah bro that's great right yeah dude and just, who, uh, yeah, who was in paris who was in paris a couple friends were in paris yeah a couple a <laughs> couple good friends jay-z and kanye uh Ho- hove and yay were in paris just having a good old time yeah I love, um, I've been listening to a ton of 50 Cent recently, actually. I, I need to, I like, I don't give him enough credit because 50 Cent was like, he's wicked hard. He's a gangster. Him. He's a gangster. He was one of the OGs. And he's um, still, I, he's still relatively, I mean, he like hooked the cameo. I know he's on Pop Smoke's album and stuff like that too. He's still like relatively involved with music, but I got to do a deep dive back on him, back on him too. Cause he was dope in the OG thousands. Dude, Dude, and he's right? he's doing uh he's doing yeah something like that, and then he's still uh he does a lot of TV. He executive produces shows, oh, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't know what show specifically, but I know he does. I wasn't sure if it was Power or Blackish. Not sure which one, but no, Anthony Harris is black. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Power. Yeah, I've heard great things about Power. Jokes aside, um, for sure, that's on. I think it's on Showtime, and uh, yeah, that and I gotta watch Ballers too. Is Ballers the Rock? The Rock, right? Ballers. He's in yeah. Ballers. The Rock is the Rock yeah. is Ballers. I've Entourage, Entourage is like ballers, but about uh, movies instead of sports. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, I feel like I like ballers a lot. Dude, I, there's just so much fucking TV I need to like just watch. You, you know what I mean? I, I know. Just need to, like, it's absurd. I'm really trying to like 
like I told you, like go out less and shit like that. So like, I feel like a good outlet could just be like getting into a TV show. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what I kind of did during when I had COVID, like I was saying with Curb, like I watched a fucking dick ton of Eric Andre during the mm-hmm. pandemic too, which was great. <laughs> so it's like, so if I could do that shit, like talk about, to backtrack earlier, talk about absurdist comedy. Like the Eric Andre show was the most fucking ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I remember when I first came to Friends with McGee, he was trying to get me to watch that shit. And I'm like, dude, this is way too fucking ridiculous. I'm out. And then I started smoking weed. <laughs> and I, I, I am all in. It is unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, if you want a show about your uh, that like is wicked good about mental health, you would love BoJack Horseman on Netflix. I feel like you would love that show. I've heard great. Do they kind of dip into that field? A big time, especially it's so there was. I'll just give you a little anecdote. So the there was a website that reviewed TV shows, and they would only re- like watch the first six episodes and give it a rating after the first six, but. The the first six episodes of that sh- of the first season were not great. So many people complained that they ended up watching the next six and redoing the review because wow. the rest of the show it gets so much better as the show goes on. It's um it's tough too because you gotta you kind of got those first a lot of a lot of was the first season only six episodes. Uh no, it was twelve. But gotcha. the okay. uh, gotcha. the first six are you just, they kind of just set everything up, but they're not great. The the writers are kind of feeling themselves out, but Definitely, once yeah. you get past once you get past that, it's so elite. That's great, dude. And I, I've heard great things about that for sure too. And it, it's that's a great point because like a lot of shows are make like made or broken within those first six episodes. That's why I asked him. It was only because a lot of um a lot of shows first seasons are only six episodes because like that's kind of like your your pilot through your obviously your finale, but it's like you have a condensed um, timeline, the condensed like contract where it's like, we'll give you six episodes. We'll see how it goes. So sometimes like you'll see a show flop without even getting their potential, you know? So I'm glad to hear they got their swagger and they're still doing shit, right? Bojack Horseman's still on TV. Uh, no, they wrapped it up. Um, FX, last. FX show, right? What's up? Was that on FX? Uh, Bojack. Netflix. Bojack. Netflix. Oh, it was Netflix original. I thought it was on FX for some reason. Um, but regardless, I'll definitely check it out. I've heard great things about it for sure. It's got to be tough to be you because you're so uh, just attuned to everything. I feel like everybody's spewing TV to watch you and movies too. Yeah, and you know, I'm such a fucking scumbag. I'm not going to watch any of them. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a smoke a joint like tonight and watch Ted 2 for the third time this week. <laughs> I remember I was, um, I was talking to this chick over the summer. And I was just like, I was like, oh, like what you like? I was same thing we're talking about now. You're just a little prettier, yeah. And I and I was and I was like, oh, like what? Um, like I don't know what movie should I watch tonight? And she sent me, like this list of shit, and I was like, oh, great, The Hangover Two, I'm in. And I, <laughs> I watched that. You know, that's a funny movie too. I do need to broaden my horizon for sure because there's just so much good shit out there, and I just feel like I, I keep iterating this. But as a student of the game, it'd be disrespectful not to kind of branch out to everything, you know. And you know what's really cool, man is um, in that movie I was talking about, we filmed over the summer, um, that should be out around, we'll see how the editing goes. There's a lot of shit to work on, but um, but it should be out, I think, by the end of the year. It's going to be like in a couple of film festivals in California and shit. I like, I played my typical comedy role, like I like my jokes and shit, but I actually had some scenes where I like kind of acted dramatically and stuff like that. And that's kind of, I kind of want to do that. Like I want to, I want to like kind of, I to, to backtrack to earlier, I kind of want to have a full toolbox where it's like if I can dive into whether it's drama or stuff like that, horror, like whatever, you know, it'd be great, you know. So by seeing, it's a copycat league, dude. Think about um, think about football, dog. You you, you know what I mean? Where it's like you see, I mean, you see these quarterbacks adopt the strategy, stuff like that too. I mean, film and media is the same way, dog. Where it's like we are all we are all 
it's like a melting pot, dude. Everyone's taking shit from one another. It's stuff, stuff like that for sure. So if I can watch more genres and, and broaden my horizon, I'm only going to become a better actor and writer. So I definitely want to maybe make a list of like to start, like maybe one, like one or two movies of every genre to watch, no matter what, like no matter what genre, one to two movies. And like, and I'll probably already be a better writer in a second just by like learning more, you know, because comedy is really all I know, you know. But by doing by doing that kind of dramatic role for a couple of scenes, I was like, damn, this is pretty fun. I think I'd be pretty good at this, you know. Let me like let me like open myself to it. And also I think on top of that, you should take a, a weekend and you should deep dive into a specific director and see their style. It's a great oh Adam McKay. Sounds good. Now I've already done it every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every week, every weekend, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, the other guys, and uh, the big short. The other guys like went from being the most underrated movie of all time to finally appreciate it. It was a long time where people forgot what that movie was, and it's fucking awesome. And now people are going, the movie's great. Like, because that came out like in 2010. Were you even alive yet? It was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Big but, C, Big C doesn't think I was alive in 2010. <laughs> oh, man. But um, he's he cracks me up, bro. But um, he uh, he just I think. He just, I'm, I am the Billy football of the uh, slim thick chat. I'm just this, I'm a meathead. I, I've, and Olsen said, don't even say that while I'm in here. I, Cause I remember as a freshman seeing senior year Olsen with the uh, mullet, uh, with the mullet, with the shaved sides, with the 44 on the sides, with a gallon jug of water, with his lanyard hanging out and being like, damn, like that kid's put me in a locker in half a second. No matter how that guy, no matter how he kind of, uh, like kind of portrays himself. He is the sweetest, nicest person in the history of the United States. I love Alex also with all my heart. And uh, that just, um, yeah, I mean, he just, he kind of just, that was a persona he was playing, but trust me, I know he seemed like a dick, but he is a fucking great guy. I, it, Cause no, like, I was, never even involved. seemed like a dick. What's up? Never, <laughs> never even seemed like a dick. That's the funny yeah. part. Yeah. I just knew uh, he was, I, I just, I've embraced the, boss, the, the, the I, Yeah. I've embraced the uh, the meathead persona, or not persona, but I've just embraced being a meathead at this point. I'm just gonna be peace. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I finally decided, unless my mental health deteriorates, I'm gonna be bulking and trying to eat a lot. And so, part of me to and cut you, to cut you off to cut you off. I think if your mental health does deteriorate, that's a better incentive to work out more and to eat more because that, those are for me what I've been through, dude. Like I put on like 15, 20 pounds of like muscle and, it, and it's just from like going through shit where it's like, damn, dude, like fucking like lifting weights is an amazing outlet. So not to cut you off, because I think like no matter what, I think that could be a really good therapeutic hobby to have, whether it's the gym or anything, writing the gym, stuff like that. Like that's I, I pride myself in finding those hot those those kind of those hobbies and habits to kind of keep me afloat. And I think like just to just to just to tell you, man, because I, I am a big mental health guy too. Like in those moments of kind of despair and feeling like shit, don't lose your identity. You know what I mean? I know it can be hard sometimes to get out of bed. Just uh, rub one out and go lift some weights um, for sure. Because I just think for me personally, I go through shit and I'm like, damn, like how can I, how can I, um, how can I like deal with this? I mean, I could drink, I could smoke and like, but I'm like, oh, no, like I want to go, go lift. You know, I'm a big like Monday scaries guy where it's like, I have Mondays off actually, but I'm coming off like, three, four days of just like being a fucking asshole and like drinking all day and my friends, stuff like that. Come Monday, I'm like, oh, I, I work Tuesday to Saturday, Burke. So Monday's like my Sunday, I guess, if it makes any sense. So come Monday, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm a fucking asshole. And then I go work out, I go for a run and I'm like, all right, I'm good to go. So to get, you can go back to your point, but just what I'm telling you, man, is don't lose your identity and keep that hobbit up. Keep that hat hobbit. What a good movie. Never actually seen it. Keep that hat. <laughs> up, man. And, uh, and uh, yeah, man, it's just surround yourself by good, good ideologies and just good habits for sure.
Well, you're absolutely right. But um, I was more saying if, because I'm actually in a, like, I've been very happy where I'm at. I, I worked outside the whole summer. I haven't really been anxious when I have a test. I study for it a couple of days in advance. I don't cram. I don't, you know, fret. I don't, you know, get anxious and go on TikTok for two hours. Um, but what my, my more point is that, uh, like my mom was telling me a lot how my dad's family is sensitive to a uh, blood sugar. And, um, if, you know, I'm going, if I'm eating a lot and then my blood sugar spikes and then crashes and then it just affects my mood and stuff. So what, if I see that happening, then I'm not, I'm going to stop trying to bulk up and I'm going to stop that. But I, um, I've actually, you know, I, I just started today and I feel great about it. I've been, you know, I was bench pressing and then I curling, I was doing low, low reps, higher weight. And yep. I felt like, for felt, felt like, uh, yeah, definitely. So I felt great. And that's going to be what I'm doing. And it's not, you know, I'll take a little siesta after lunch and dinner, but besides that, just make sure to, and then obviously in the mornings after I'm drinking, I always go to the gym and I do like, I go on the Stairmaster and I sweat out all the alcohol and I, cause I can't if you go right. out one night and then you, it just, the alcohol just absorbs. It's so bad for you. Your name is John. <laughs> yeah. You seen that on the zoom? Holy shit. Well, yeah. I mean, like I, like, I know Jack is an, I didn't know, I knew your fucking name was John. I mean, years. That's crazy. John, wow. like in Ted, J- John Norberg. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know it's on the birth certificate, but everything else. And when did you become Jack? Just always, always been Jack. It's always did just been John on the birth John? certificate. No, my dad was a uh, Charlie and he just went by a, uh, or Charles and Charlie. Yeah. He was never, is he Chuck? He's like 50. Is he Chuck? Yeah. yeah he's, Ch- he's, he's, he's been Chuck. It's like a hard like scale. You're like Charlie. <laughs> you're, you're born Charles. Then you're then you're Charlie till you're probably like twenty and get divorced yeah. and then you talk. yeah right so um damn that's I wild he's, he's always been Chuck but he would tell me how um when he was on the uh, the the rowing team at Tampa and he'd hang out with his uh, his buddy on the baseball team that the black guys on the baseball team would call him Charles and he always thought that was like the he always loved the way they said Charles he always I love that <laughs> your dad went to Tampa too. Yeah, I know. Crazy, that's right? That's really cool. I, I didn't, that's I didn't know. That's fucking awesome. I know. That's great, dude. I had no idea. That's great. And it's weird because you know I'll spew, I'll get drunk, and I'll just start spewing people's ears off about facts about the school that nobody cares about or knows about because everybody's from New Jersey. They just had a lot of money, and we're just like, all right, let's go, let's go here. That's your pickup line. Wow. I'm still still <laughs> John. I, I I know I know Jack is a nickname for John, but wow, that's great. John Norberg. That's great. What's your middle name? Charles. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What what's Mike's? Uh, Michael Thomas. Oh, my good receiver. Kind of an asshole, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. Thomas. Mike. I'm Thomas Michael, which is little flip right there. Thomas. That Mike. is yo. That's crazy. Um, that's yo. So how are your Steelers? You guys beat the uh the Bills, I I believe, right? And that's about it, man. It's been it's been a tough month of uh of September into October for us. Uh. You know, a lot of the media kind of gave Pittsburgh shit before the year um, about they'd be pretty bad. Turns out they're pretty right. Um, unfortunately, father time is undefeated unless you're Tom Brady. Um, so it's just Pittsburgh has a good defense. They've been kind of banged up, and they just can't move the ball on offense, dude. Roethlisberger blows. I mean, he's my favorite quarterback of all time. He's why I fell in love with the game of football. But, dude, 
He's 39. He's old. He's not really mobile anymore. He's got Pittsburgh as a quarterback away from being a great team because they can all these young weapons. Like Najee Harris looks great. Um, Claypool is a really good vertical down the field receiver. Deontay Johnson's awesome. We, we draft this tight end, Pat Frymouth out of Penn State, who's actually, ironically, one of my friends from DraftKings is friends with t- the Steelers tight end. So I'm, I'm sure I'll end up doing XC with him at some point. Um, but yeah, so he, like, like, like they have all these good weapons on offense. It's just, unfortunately, man, the quarterbacks hold them back. And I, 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 like, I can't be mad at that because he's given us 18 great years of football. So we just got to let the year ride out, get a good draft pick and call it. I'm not saying we're full tank mode yet, but um, it, it's weird too because in my, in my lifetime as a Steelers fan, because I probably started watching. I started watching the Steelers like full time, like 18 years ago when I was like four or five. How old am I? 24. Like, like, like when I was like five or six, like watching football. Pittsburgh's never been bad. They won two Super Bowls when I was young. They've always competed. They had those great teams with James Harrison. Then they had the teams with obviously Le'Veon AB. And like they've just always, Pittsburgh's always in the mix. And this year, man, it's just like these young quarterbacks in the AFC North were Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Baker are just getting it done. And Big Ben's finally the old fart in the division, you know? But um, to answer your question, I love my Steelers. I'll be out there every Sunday drinking 20 beers and getting mad and going to bed. Uh, but, yeah, man, it happens. It just um, – I'm just not used to it. I'm sure as a pass fan you felt the same way last year where it's like, damn, we blow. I, I saw six championships. I know. They're, Berg, you're, Berg, you 19 yet? Uh, yeah, I bet, I'm turning 20 in January. Word. All right, so, like, just for, for my math sake, um, so you were 18 when Brady went to Tampa, right? So long story short, doing math, like like you were seeing a Patriots Super Bowl win every three years of your life. Three was one, six yeah, was two, nine you know, was a little math so lesson. I, I was, uh, you know, 2000, when they went one in 2002, um, the first one, it was the 2001 season, but 2002, February, I'd just been born. And then obviously yep. uh, three and four, I was, you know, or three and five was a little uh, too young to remember. But of course. Uh, like 2014, I was in middle school. I had right. the the divisional round against the Ravens. I just turned 13 that was on that on Amandola. that day, and it yeah, Amendola um, when he threw the uh, and Edelman threw the touchdown pass. That was a fantastic game. Yeah, the AFC that was the start of Deflategate. That AFC Championship game, you know, yep. all that stuff. Um, but those all those years, it was just fantastic. Yeah, um, and I know New England's won a little more than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's still a pretty good historic franchise, but what I'm getting at is, like, we're both accustomed to seeing our teams be dope. And you guys have a great – a great. I mean, Mac Jones looks great. His Dude, also, his girlfriend's a fucking rocket. Holy shit. She's, like, not too hot, but she's cute and she's pretty. She's got good style. So it's like I just feel like – I just feel like – I just feel like she's a good guy to have in the locker room for sure. Um, but anyway, like, Pats will be good soon, but I'm sure with the whole Cam Newton experience last year, it was like, damn, my team blows. So that's me this year where it's like, damn, my team blows. You, you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. uh, it's a little different. You guys will bounce back a little a little sooner than us. But we got a good defense. TJ Watt's great. Uh, Devin Bush. I mean, Micah Fitzpatrick. We're going to be okay. It just might be a kind of a tough year. And uh, I'm open to it. Well, you know, obviously I wanted the Patriots to win on Sunday. It was a bummer that they didn't win. Um, but it's just – I think – I, you know, at the same time, I was just bummed the way they treat Belichick, treat Brady. So if for to see Brady go in there and, and win, even though he didn't play great and he fucked me over in fantasy, um, I love him and I love Gronk and they brought me a lot of joy in my life. So being in Tampa and watching them play is, is pretty awesome. Have you seen them play live yet? Have you been to the stadium? No, but I've been, I was, you know, our fraternity house, is in one of those neighborhoods where we walked. Uh, it was about a mile. We walked to the stadium and just rioted when they won. Cool. 
Yeah, yeah. I can't believe Tampa. I lost like I lost like four hundred bucks on the game Sunday. Was the spread sucked. Um, I really thought Tampa was going to roll. I took minus seven. So I took him to cover the spread, one by touchdown. And then AB couldn't fucking see the ball, and then he dropped one in the end zone. So I was oh. because the push is a win, bro. That was oh my god, and that, I think that would have hit the over too, maybe. Oh really? Like oh yeah. What was the total? It was probably I do. Also, I had no idea it was going to rain, like because obviously I'm right by Foxborough. It was like wicked fine here during the day. I'm chilling at Jared's house. We're inside drinking. We're inside, and we couldn't tell it was raining outside. They start showing the game on NBC. It's fucking pouring. And we're like, we had, no idea. we had no idea it was raining. It was like a monsoon. We had no clue until like the first quarter of the game. I would have probably taken – I probably would have taken the under if I knew it was fucking raining. But here's what it is, man. I think football's in a great place. I think – I think, but, dude, I think Kansas City's beatable. I mean, they're, they've had a tough start. They're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They play Buffalo dude, Sunday Night Football. They're in – I think they're in last in the AFC West. Yo, let me, let me run this. Isn't it crazy that all the quarterbacks of the, uh, the generation we pretty much grew up with, the only ones left are big Ben and Tom Brady. Rogers. The only one. And, and uh, see, but Rogers wasn't like OG OG. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he he sat behind far for a little bit too. So it's like, he sat until he sat until 2010 or 11. Um, But it's just crazy that like, you know, uh, Philip Rivers, all those Breeze, guys, Eli, Drew, Drew Brees, yeah. yeah, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, yeah, guys. it's crazy, dude. It's it's nuts, and like not to backtrack to Ralsbury, but it's like no one thought he'd play this long because when I was growing up, you're probably still a little young. This dude would get fucking killed every game. Did he extend the plays, breaking every bone in his body, whether he's lying about it or not? Like I just did not seem like he was going to play until he was 39, and they kind of switched the offense, and he was still addicted to porn. Play. Dude, it's so funny, man. If he was still jerking off and drinking, I think we would have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I guess the big man was a scumbag. He was crashing motorcycles and uh, getting some alleged assaults. But we're in fucking games. We're in fucking games. And now we got his shit together. He loves God and has a family, and we suck. It's nuts. What a uh, selfish total prick. Bullshit. Um, but yeah, anyway, it is. But it is really. It, that's a sign of getting old, man. Where it's like, it's like, damn, dude. Like, times have changed. Now we got this young group. We got Herbert, Mahomes, Russell. Wil- Russell Wilson's like thirty-one. How old do you feel? Wilson's like in his thirties now. I still see him as like a, like a, like a three four year player. It's been like 10, 12 years for Wilson. It's crazy. You know yeah. that was a fucking crazy thing, but it's in a really good spot for sure. I wish Andrew Luck was still playing. I was thinking about the other day. I was like, damn, I wish Andrew Luck was still playing football because he was dope. They are in a great spot. Look at the amount of young quarterbacks they have that are unbelievable, and all the and the talent they have on offense and defense is it's they're in a great spot. Hopefully Goodell doesn't fuck it up. No, no trip. The taunting battles are crazy. Fifteen yards for taunting. Like I saw, I saw Darren Waller spike the ball for a first down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Monday, they go fucking fifteen yard penalty. If you get two of those, you're out of the game. Yeah, Um, bullshit. It's ridiculous. They'll penalize anything. Hundred percent. But man, dude, we got class tomorrow. Uh, only later. So I got my business 101 exam. You could teach me that. You could teach me business 101. I can do business. is pretty easy, dude. It's like, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just have a Coke habit and, uh, wear a tie and you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. So I have philosophy and then I have my business 101 exam and then I'm done, but what those are all learn? later in the day. What do you think of philosophy? Cause when I took philosophy at Bridgewater, it was like pretty fucking ridiculous. It was, um, very confusing. I did. Okay. My teacher like felt bad that everyone like that was like the one class I ever got like a B in in college was philosophy. Um, but it was tough. But I took, a, I took a cool class my sophomore year. It was philosophy, but it was like in Marvel movies. So what they would do 
because it would compare oh, cool. like, Aristotle. Yeah, I'll text you some of the papers I wrote. It's pretty cool. So what we do, we, we read like literature from like Aristotle or like some of those assholes. And then we'd watch, we'd watch like a Captain America or like an Iron Man. And then we'd compare their ideologies. And they were really similar. It was really cool, but that class was hard too. Philosophy is a very intriguing and interesting course for sure. Well, uh, my professor is, uh, it, it gets pretty trippy sometimes. Um, like, okay, so one of the things he was talking about is the the person and the soul and then time. So like, say I hit you in the face as hard as I can. So is that me that hits you in the face as hard as I can? Or is that just a moment in time of what you perceive as the person of me versus then it moves? Is that still me two, three seconds later? Or is that just the, you know, it was it, that got ugly. And then I was he was telling us about um the uh, um, one of the early philosophers theories or this not early, but this was 1600s. It was a uh, Descartes. And how Descartes had this uh, dream theory where, okay, so if, you know, if we dream and we perceive things as reality in dreams, then how do we know that we, our dreams aren't just controlled by a demon or something like that? Something ridiculous. I don't know. I'm describing it. Yeah. I'm describing it so bad. I got the fuck out when I could. Anyway, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's really intriguing. It's nice to think about, but like those hypotheticals are very tight to grasp for sure. But basically, like the he showed us a clip from the Matrix of Neo, like waking up from the Matrix. And that's what he said was the theory. I just feel like if you're like if you're like a philosopher or like a, like a, a teacher, you need to like be like a Starbucks enthusiast and like dabble to acid because the shit that you <laughs> fucking like the shit that you like talk about, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. I just, it's very confusing, but it's so intriguing as well. Like I can't even I couldn't even think of an answer to your prompt. You just said about you punching me in the face and then like you're the same person. I have no idea, and I don't even want to know. That shit's nuts. I, I'm waiting. No idea. <laughs> I'm think I'm thinking about asking uh, my professor to do a podcast and just talk about uh, philosophy because yeah. it would just be you, so you just absurd. Six nine year old student. <laughs> no, I I'd uh, I just go in buzz and I just bring a flask to class and then just. <laughs> I feel like you have a flask, like you need like a, a black leather jacket. I feel like you need. Yeah, like- absolutely. Castro, he's cool as hell. Dude. He'll have a he'll have a fucking jacket and he'll have a flask and whip it right out like he's friggin' uh what's his face in an American Pie? Uh, what's his name? He was in American Pie, right, Bert? Um, what's the guy's name? He bangs stuff with his mom. Who's the guy? Oh, who's the guy that uh who banged the uh? Who's Finch? the guy? I, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen that movie, honestly. Oh, dude, you it. have to! Oh my god, American Pie One is like the OG comedy book getting laid in high school. But when um. When I, I, my first week of college, when we went to the, uh, the strip club, uh, someone, what is the kid that, uh, bangs the pie? Yeah. It's from America Pie, Jason Vicks. Yeah. Yeah. I had a tweet about that the other day. No. What's his, what's his name in the movie? Jim. Jim. Stifler? No, Stiff. No, his name's Jim. Stifler is one of the characters. Stifler's like one of the characters. Stifler's like the jock in the movie. He throws the big parties, but Stifler, Jim, uh, like I think the guy's lady name is Liddy Brock Osweiler and then Finch are all boys. And uh, it's there, about them getting late. One of uh, one of them, the uh, the DJ at the strip club asked my uh, my bu- he was like, "All right, uh, you are all college kids. Which one of you is the stiffler of the group?" And my the kid I live right down the hall from pointed at me. He's like, "This guy, that's right, the stiffler." Pretty, so, pretty cool cat, no, dude. I dude, it wasn't stiffler though. It was the kid that banged the pie. Was the uh, Jason Biggs? That's I'm the same way. That's you, dude. Sure. <laughs> 100 percent yeah uh dude that seems unbelievable because his 
so the premise of it, it's like they're like four good friends, and like Stiff was the guy who's the man, he's the lacrosse captain, he gets laid. Um, the guy Osweiler gets laid here and there, but it's about like Jason Biggs and the rest of their friends like losing their virginity before before going to college, right? So they talk about like what like getting laid's like, and like oh like it's it's like warm apple pie, you know. So fucking Jason Biggs comes home. Have you seen the scene before? I think so. He comes home. He, like, his mom baked this fucking delicious apple pie, and then he just remember he just like remembers what his buddy said, and like the romantic music comes on. And he ends up just fucking rocking the pie, dude. And then his dad walks in. And his dad is actually, like, maybe the funniest character in the movie because he's, like, really, like, he's, like, I did the same shit. That's great. You need to watch it. So you'll give me a list. American Pie is on your list, too, dude. But anyway, so he yeah. walks into his son, literally fucking this pie. It's unbelievable. It's literally <laughs> unbelievable. That is. <laughs> dude, like but, I uh, said, if there. Recall, if you recall that, I uh, I wear Hawaiian shirts a lot because I compare myself to Jason Vicks because he's – ridiculous so yeah for sure i love the hawaiian shirts i love uh all kinds of silly shirts are always hysterical i'm a fucking member at savers dude like literally i like i buy the most uh, ridiculous fucking shit of all time. it's great savers is dope it's cheap you wash it once you're straight dog you know i'll buy like a wicked nice outfit for like seven dollars i bought a uh a, a, a shirt that was a medium and i wear like an xl like you do and or a large I'll, I'll make i'll make a larger cutoff but i bought a medium shirt and it said uh it was drake and the three migos and it said aubrey and the three migos <laughs> i thought it was like the funniest shirt ever and i had to buy it oh, uh, aubrey graham that is the most he is a jew it's like the most jewish name of all time aubrey graham have you seen the uh the uh the drake jokes on twitter by any chance i see a lot of them he's he's, he's probably sent for the week we're still writing blocks but uh Go on. Which one in particular? You um, it's like, <laughs> uh, it would be like Drake, the type of guy to say oopsie whoopsie after hitting the curb or something like, something like shit like that. He is, he is a corny motherfucker for the record. So that makes yeah, total I, sense. I have <laughs> to find, I got to find the, uh, the actual jokes because some of them are, I was dying laughing. Have you seen, oh, yo, you got to watch the new big meme is a uh, squid games i don't know if have you I seen know. that on twitter my mom, my mom was bitching at me to watch it it's like what nine episodes in the region that's like what yeah I, I watched it in the day i got so into it it was absurd it's dope yeah it's wicked dope are the that, episodes an hour or a half hour or a little bit in the middle uh they're an hour and the second to last one's a half hour oh wow okay that's, that's where the penultimate would be shorter um okay yeah cool. wicked short um so it's it's dubbed in English, like they are speaking English. I know it's yeah. It's you like you can English do a dub, different. yeah. Do a do the dub, do the dub for sure. Cool. cool. Um, yeah, dude, I'm hearing good things about it. Like I said, I, <laughs> mom, my mom's like, watch it, and I'm like, yeah. But it's on my list of shit I'll never watch. Squid Games. No, but I, I will because I want to. I want to understand the memes. All right, I'm on Twitter right now, so I'm gonna read you a few of these. Drake, the type of guy to say. Now a silly one when taking group photos. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that fucking dork who says that. Yeah, it's perfect. Drake, the type of guy to surprise his homies with a visit from the tickle monster. Oh, yeah, I can see it. I can see it for sure. Drake <laughs> is the type of fellow to float through the air when he smells a delicious pie. <laughs> <laughs> the American pie or a different one? Uh, uh, oh. Drake, the type of guy. <laughs> Drake, 
<laughs> Drake, the type of guy to say, we got company when the cops arrive. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to cut you off. You ever, had a, you ever had a party that got busted by the cops in high school or college? Um, yeah, but like they, they just can't really do anything, especially in high school. They can. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird. It's a slippery too many, slope. Too many people in Tampa to like reprimand. Probably it's like, yo, we're gonna arrest four hundred kids right now at this darty. Like, well, I think so. One of the darties, it was just it was a lot of people, a lot of noise, and there was people up on the roof. And uh, you know, obviously the owner of the house, the owner of the house, his mom's a lawyer, so she kind of um, proctored him to get ready for that kind of stuff. So. You know, the cop says we got reports of people on the roof being unsafe. And he's like, and, you know, the owner of the house is this is my house. It's under my name. Um, I will get the people off the roof. But everybody here is of age. And we have a uh, one of our fraternity brothers is a uh, uh, he's sober and he's six, eight, two sixty black guy. And uh, we'll always we'll tell the cops, oh, we hired him as a bouncer. And, uh, you know, they'll usually buy that. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, who's yeah? Who's telling him he's uh not the best? Yeah, <laughs> uh, most like nicest kid ever. So intimidating, just if you look at him, and um, so that, and then you know they'll just be like, okay, please get the people off the roof. So cool. yeah, go. so nothing. I I haven't I haven't gotten I got, in trouble uh, with the law. I got suspended my senior high school for being at a party. It was um, it was. Yes, I was a senior. The kid was throwing it was a junior. And all week, it was like, you've seen movies. The whole week, everyone's like, yo, this dude's parents were out of town. He's throwing down. Like, you see that like in, like in like high school movies? That was like the real hypothetical. Like, that was actually happening. So, long story short, everybody knows about this party. And, like, it was, it was kind of cool because we get there. There's, like, a couple hundred kids, dude, KP kids. And it's, like, everyone with their own faction is at this one party. Like, you know, my boys went. Like, it was, it was a ton of different people. So... I think the kid got nervous because like way too many people showed up because like everybody knew about it. Like a ton of people showed up. So long story short, he was trying to kind of like um, get people to leave. So people kept yelling cops, but the cops never were never coming. It was, he was like crying wolf. Right. So the next time, like the cops actually came and like everyone ran away again. I didn't believe it. I was like relatively drunk. I just stayed there and kept drinking. The cops literally walked in. I'm like, <laughs> he's just drinking. You know what I mean? And I was like, Oh my God, I felt so bad. Like, so long story short, like, I, I stayed, they took my name down, stuff like that. Um, and then, like, I didn't get arrested or anything, but they took my name down. Like, they were like, that's it. Just get a ride home. So I got a ride home, whatever. So I'm a bunch of graduate high school. It's, like, late April. So, like, you know, oh, well, damn, dude, you never had that experience because you had COVID. Like, dude, COVID it sucks. Happened. I was about to start getting wasted and going to school. It would have been that's so fun. Bullshit, dude. Like, that's, like, for me, because like, I could have had a similar experience with college because I graduated in the pandemic, too. But I was a commuter, so I really didn't give a fuck. I was drinking regardless of my friends. It didn't really matter outside of Bridgewater but um anyway like that last I feel like a boomer saying this for those last couple weeks of high school it's like everyone's throwing down you've got prom coming up parties are crazy like some of that so anyway I like anyway I took off Monday as a personal day I was drinking like with Chini on his boat or something and I got a bunch of texts saying like dude you're fucked and I'm like for what so apparently they like said my name over the intercom like, like Tom walk up to the office. I took a personal day. I didn't go to school. I was drinking on Cheney's boat. So I go to school Tuesday. They call me down again. I show up. Like, hey, what's up, guys? They go, were you at this party on, were you at this party on Friday night at, at um, Brad's house? And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I was there. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, there was, you, you were, your name was cited down to be a police report. Um, do you want to elaborate? And I'm like, yeah, I know I was at the party, you know, and um, 
you know, I was, uh, I was a DD and I, once I heard the cops, by the way, uh, and I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, like once, once the, I knew the cops were going to come, I figured I'd, I'd come help and stay and clean up the party and stuff like that. Like, so I, I fucking literally lied to the administration. I was, I was, you know, I like, and I, I'm Captain Charisma, the fucking shittiest superhero all the time. So like, long story short, I like seduced them to saying like, like to thinking I wasn't a piece of shit. So I was like, oh no, you know, I, I fucking, I stayed to help clean up the party. Long story short, it's like, all right, Tom, like we believe you, but long story short, our protocol, we need to spend you for three days in school. And I was like, what about out of school? And they go, yeah, sure. So I literally got a three-day out-of-school suspension for going to that party where the cops came. Didn't really get in trouble or anything. I just got suspended. And it was on a long weekend, too, because Easter was coming up. So I had, I got suspended Tuesday, when, or sorry, Wednesday, Thursday. It was Good Friday. So that didn't count. And then I got Monday off. So I had like a seven-day vacation from high school at the end of the year. Fire. Just for getting shit-faced and lying to the cops. Or lying to the school. It was unbelievable. Fire. Yeah, it's fire. I wish, um, you know, COVID blessings in disguise, but I, uh, it was, <laughs> that's hysterical. I, um, I don't know, man. I had a thought on my dome, but I just completely lost it. Yeah. I, um, I don't really, my brother was telling me that him and the cross country team were at a party and then the whole team just started just ran their five minute miles away at, in amherst they just dipped got out Bob's of their festivals yeah who the fuck's getting them dude mike runs like a mike runs like a four minute mile <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know no no amherst co- cop you could catch them paul blart the campus cop running after mike norberg i don't think it's gonna work out <laughs> i know well that's what sucks about we that's what sucks about having a fraternity off campus with no greek life is that it's real cops not campus cops gotcha okay and they're gonna be a little more a little more inclined to fuck with Actually, a little I, more I, I feel the opposite i feel like a campus cops like trying to prove a point like trying to get promoted to like a, a real job where it's like they're gonna be a fucking douchebag but in reality like a, a real police officer is like ah, yeah the kid's having fun just cut the shit but i feel like like what i'm saying is like i feel like a campus cop be more inclined to make a ruckus and give you shit to like get promoted and get his numbers up you know Burke, i gotta take a picture yeah. coming <laughs> All right. my dick or anything, but I don't want to leave you hanging on the Zoom call. No, you're good. Um, I actually wanted to – I so I keep in touch with some of the guys a little younger than me, and obviously yeah, through social media, uh, it's kind of weird. Piss, you, yeah. Uh, through social media, you kind of feel like you're always with them, I guess. Um, but, like, <laughs> I was – I saw a snap video of one of their high school parties – and I was like, wow, like that was, that looks like it sucks ass. You want to hear me piss? <laughs> I don't know if the viewers want to hear you piss. <laughs> I do, but. Uh, there we go. Easy as that. Done. Seal broken. Cool. All right, keep talking. My bad. Quick intermission. Yeah. So the, um, I saw a video of a high school party essentially, and I was like, wow. It was there used to be 20 people in a house with no parents. And we thought that was like the most fun shit ever. Nobody would get laid. We'd all just listen to Avicii and get wicked fucked up. And that was the most fun thing ever. And that that's pretty awesome. Pretty special. But at the same time, I feel I'm glad to be on to bigger and better things. Once again, then I, I would say cherish it, dude. Cause when I was, when I was living in Norfolk, graduating high school, like I looked Norfolk until my sophomore year of college. My house was like a pretty big party spot. Like my mom's mad cool. She knew we'd be respectful and shit. So like, I have like 30, 40 kids over. Like everyone's good shit, good people. Same thing you're Noted. saying. Like 
cherish that shit, man. Like I, I remember like college parties are cool. You have fun, you get laid when you can, but it's like, you're like in this, like, I feel like Tampa's probably more outdoors because it's like Florida, but like you're in the shitty, you're like in the shitty, like rugby house. You can't even fucking breathe. And you got like 90 people around you. I don't know. That's I cherish- the clubs. I, I can't stand the clubs. I can't stand them. That's what the clubs are. God. Yeah, I'm not a big club guy, man. Like, I, I don't know. It's just uh, it's so expensive. And you got, like, dude, Scorpion Bar, Gillette, you got to pay a $10 cover to drink in Foxborough. Like, I already know everyone here. And it's like, it's I'm paying $10 to drink there. I'm going to get, a, I got a fucking DUI cover there. So it's like, I, I'm over. I'm over the club. I'm, I'm over going to the club, especially at Gillette's game. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, are you clear of the uh, the Dewey stuff? Oh, yeah, man. 100%. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the, uh, what was the caption last episode? Hometown guys and DUIs. <laughs> yeah. yeah but if you, you i know you didn't listen i know you didn't listen to no, the whole I, thing i, I, I mean i listened to like 15 minutes of it i didn't i didn't like you, you name dropping but yeah we were um you talking about we, me there yeah no because um there's uh, again back to tiktok there was a a tiktok joke making fun of people's friends they'll be like people you didn't know had duis and the first picture will be tiger woods and the second picture will be paris hilton and then the third picture will be their friend it'll be like my buddy greg or something like that from back home <laughs> i gotta let me know um because i will listen to the episode for sure let me know what time frame because i'd like to get shit on me for sure um but yeah man it um it was a very humbling experience because i think growing up drinking Everyone is overconfident. Everyone thinks they're the best drunk driver in the world. I'm sure you say it. I'm sure all your friends say it. All my friends say it still, you know, and uh, everyone had that same mentality, you know, and um, from probably 17 to 22, uh, my friend group, I mean, we drank a lot, dude. We were fucking maniacs. We'd get fucking, we'd split like two, three, 30 racks and just fucking drive the dominoes wherever we had to go fucked up at night. You know what I mean? Like drive home. But um, as, as time progressed, I got a lot better about it. I was like 22. It was January. And uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, it was a Saturday day. Uh, I was fucking Mac Miller. Mac Miller got you a DUI. He he did. He did. That son of a bitch. Uh, it was a it was a Saturday day. I started drinking early. Um, and long story short, it was one of our friends' birthdays. So it's five o'clock. I get off from work. Uh, I was drinking on the job at Eagle Brook. I, I don't work there anymore. I'll just say it. I was bartending. My boys came in. I was boozing all day. We come in. We're I'm having beers, taking shots, whatever. I'm, I'm a pro man. I can say I don't work there anymore. Um, so I was buzzing throughout the day. And then I got off my shift at five and I'm like, fine. But um, long story short, we didn't have plans till like 8.39. So I just kept the wave going, dude. Um, long story short, now it's like eight o'clock. I meet my friends out at a pregame. I'm already like half in the bag, you know. Um, we get to Gillette. I'm already, I'm already fucking, I'm, I'm already like 25, 30 drinks deep at the bar. <laughs> like, at, like at the bar, I'm like 25, 30 deep. I link up with this girl I've been hooking up with for college. We're taking fucking shots. I, I come like 1.30 in the morning. I'm that stupid. You know what I mean? And like, and I, I had been so good about Ubering home and like, um, and like sleeping at a buddy's house. Uh, but that night, for some reason, I was like, dude, you're good to go. And clearly I wasn't. So I remember Gillette, um, they have Liddy security there every weekend. Like campus cops, nothing crazy, but they have security there. So they have a security, they have security posted up at like the front of the, there's a set of lights when you go on the highway, like out of Gillette. So there's like two cops, right? Um, so actually, no, they were real cops. There's security. They were real cops by the end of the door or the end of the fucking the lights. So long story short, I was like, all right, let's evade the police and take the different, take a different way home. So I was too fucked up to get out of the parking lot. I, I was. I was like, I could have looped by like the Pats Hall of Fame in the movie theater and like went through Walpole where that Walpole like um, Papagino's in the, in the McDonald's. 
I was fucking loaded. I was like, all right, we're going this way. <laughs> so I did. Uh, and like, honestly, I'm not proud to say it, but I was like, honestly, decent to get to Alamo that way, apparently. Um, I get through Gillette. I'm fine. I'm in a red light right by the Luciano's in Norfolk's like right on that little, like if you bang it right, you're getting close to four kicks. You know what I mean? Like around the bend. So long story short, I'm at a red light on my phone, I'm a serial texture driver. Uh, and I'm changing, as you were saying, a Mac Miller song circles just came out. So I'm changing. Ironically, the song was good news when I got bad news. So anyway, I'm, I'm at a red light and my head's down uh, and the light turns green. And I look up because someone like beat their horn and flash the lights, not blue lights yet, but like they flash the lights. I'm like, oh, fuck my bad. So Anyway, fucking, I look up, my gosh, shit, my bad. So I just start driving, like, fine, wasn't speeding or swerving. Um, not making excuses, but I was, like, wasn't, like, reckless. Um, and then, aside from having, like, 40 drinks, but I, blues come on. And I knew right away. I literally knew right away. I knew I was going to DUI. Um, cops come, uh, pull me over right away. Guy, dude, like, when I get fucked up, my face gets beat red. I'm, a, I'm an Irish boy. So I just, I, when I get fucked up, I look fucked up, right? So I'm definitely hammered. Um, and they know it right away. They pull me over. And they go, sir, I've been drinking tonight. And I go, I think we know the answer. Let's just let's just run, you know. So that's when like reality sunk in. And like I swear to God, I sobered up right away. Obviously not legally, but like adrenaline wise. So I gave them the spiel. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like I'm a good kid, full time employee, like full ride to college. And that doesn't matter when you have 40 drinks on a Saturday night. They don't give a fuck. You know, what I mean, you're putting the the life of other people in danger. So they they're like, hey, they're they're I'm like I'm not like freaking out, but I'm definitely just trying to give myself not look like an asshole, you know. Um, trying to kind of like give myself alibi, but they're like, Hey, you want to take the sobriety test? I'm like hundred percent, hundred percent. So they asked me, first thing they asked me to do is to do the walk. That walk's hard as hell, man. You got to like go like ankle over ankle. Like imagine doing that 40 beers. Deep. Couldn't do that, but they really didn't want to give me a DUI. So they were like, all right, man, can you count from 68 backwards? 68 backwards. Me being a fucking idiot. I go, can we do 69? I got arrested right away. <laughs> I got arrested right away. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did. I did. I did. Um, so long story short, uh, they cuffed me and I'm like, damn, that's when I was like, fuck, man. They take me to the, cause it was on route one. I, I'm very thankful it wasn't a state trooper. It was a, um, it was just a Foxborough cop. Cause I feel like if it was a state. They would have been a lot more disrespectful and like just pissed off. These guys were cool. They knew I was a good guy. They just knew I just fuck, was fucked up. Um, they take me back to the station and they go, Hey, do you mind, um, do you mind blowing in a breathalyzer? I'm like, yeah, of course. Cause I, I work in, I work in the industry, man. Like I understand like a bar industry. I understand like I've seen people get to UIs that I know what people go through. So anyway, like I was always taught, like if you burn, I'll kill you if this happens to you. But in the hypothetical, you get pulled over after drinking and they ask you to blow, always blow. Because if you do not blow, it's an automatic 180 days, automatically, automatically six months gone. No matter you're sober or not gone, no matter what. No if way. You, I thought you could deny a breathalyzer. You can, but it's an automatic, it's an automatic six months, automatic gone. You, you could have like one year. six months of what? Not drive. Wow. Automatically, if you refuse, it's an automatic 180 days, six months. Um, whether you have one beer or 30, if you deny it's the same penalty. So well, that's better than, but that, do you still get a DUI on your record or is it just? Well, then, then it comes down to the court and it's like, if you, if you, I mean, you have a whole case of lawyer, pay for a lawyer. And if you, if you don't, I mean, you can still get a DUI without refusing. You know what I mean? It's, 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 uh, it's, it's pretty hectic. So anyway, I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just blow. What do you think I blew? I think you, you know you you said it in your blog. By the way, best blog you've ever one of the best blogs you've ever written. You're a very talented blogger. Point two two is what it's on the blog, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. Three, they're about three times over. 
And they're like, you're not dead. And I'm like, nah, dude, I drink a lot and I, I'm a big ass guy. So like, anyway, they're like, all right, not too bad. But it was so funny. Cause I couldn't figure out how to like do the breathalyzer. I like, couldn't figure out a blow. And like, they were like, give me shit. Cause dude, me and the cops were shooting shit about the overrun or the Texans game or the Ravens game rather. Like we're at, like for a guy who's got arrested, we're not having a bad time. Like, like we're just like shooting the shit. Like we knew it was going to happen. So like, I couldn't figure out how to blow it. I'm like, dude, I'm not a fucking gay guy. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I've never done this before. Like, like, cause I couldn't figure out how to blow the breathalyzer. Um, so anyway, I finally blew and it was, I blew over. And uh, they're like, all right, you court Monday, uh, you pay 40 bucks, you're out of here. So I paid my, I paid my bail and I was out. And then, so I went to court uh, Monday morning and I swear to God, I mean, I'm not fucking, I'm not Channing Tatum, but I was the best looking guy in court for sure. There were a ton of scumbags there and it was nuts. And I like, everyone just looked like an asshole. I was dressed very properly. And I ran into a, uh, a lawyer who I knew locally, a uh, great woman. Uh, and anyway, she defended me for free because she's like, you're a good kid. You're a hard worker, you're a good character. So I got a lawyer for free pro bono. Um, and I pled to continue without a fine. So what that means is that means you have a 45 day suspension and then you take your alcohol classes and it's off your record for good. So my license was suspended for 45 days. And then, but listen, so because I was a full, this is right before COVID Jack, cause it was, it was, uh, it was January COVID happened what March. So anyway, um, long story short, what happened was I like my one, when I had to take my AA classes, my one Zoom class in college was AA. All my other shit was over Blackboard. So like my only Zoom class was like literally the alcohol class for 16 weeks, um, which was crazy. But because I was a full-time student and employee, um, I was able to get a Cinderella license. So what that means is like, if you get a DUI but have like your shit together, like I like had a job and I was like graduating college, like they'll let you drive for 12 hours a day. So I, could, I, was, I was driving like a week after I had a DUI legally for 12 hours a day from eight to eight. It's called Cinderella. So to be honest with you, man, like my license was fully reinstated by March, but I was driving by January, like 30th. Um, but it was a very humbling experience, man. Like, what was that out? Sorry. Yeah. I'm Elena. Fly out. Sorry. It looked good <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, no, it was a very humbling experience. And I'm very open about everything I go in life, man, through my triumphs, failures, everything. I just, I'm a very vocal person. So that's why I have no problem talking about, um, you know, being bipolar, getting OUI, getting laid, having fun. Like I like, no matter what I go through, dude, I want to express to people like you're going to be good no matter what, just keep going. But um, to answer your question after seven minutes, um, yeah, my DUI is gone. Uh, it's off my record too, because I pled to continue with a fine. So as long as I stay out of trouble and I'll never be in trouble again, I'm straight. You know, and I can't emphasize enough to the crowd. Listen to this, this two and a half hour Zoom call. Uh, it, it's, it's just not worth it. It's just, it's just not worth it, man. I mean, I, I've been there. I've been fucked up. And you look at an Uber, it's like $90, you know? And it's like, I don't want to pay that. Imagine paying for a DUI for 10 grand, you know? So long story short, it's like, just pay that Uber, get a ride, sleep in your car, sleep on a couch, like whatever you have to, man. Like I fucking, so I'm actually in my house in Frank. We just bought a house in Franklin. We're not fully in it yet. Um, we're like kind of in between houses right now. We have the decent hour until Halloween. So this house is getting set up now. We just bought this, but I'll, I'll throw parties here and I'll get fucked up. And I'll sleep on the floor. Like, I didn't have a couch until, like, two weeks ago because we're just getting shit in here now. So I'd get fucked up. I wouldn't want to drive back to Attleboro. I'd bring my laptop for work, and I'd work from here. And I'd sleep here while I was fucked up. You know what I mean? Because I work Saturday mornings. So long story short, there are just so many different better alternatives than getting uh, a DUI for sure. I got you. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, um, what a – Last thing, what would you want to advice you'd want to share? You're obviously a very open person. We appreciate it. Any advice you want to give young bucks like myself, you know, we're going through college or maybe high school and we just want to better ourselves and, you know, have fun, but, you know, stay safe and all that stuff. So love to hear your advice. Yeah. Um, 
two two things that I really pride myself on, and it's kind of ironic because they're oxymorons, kind of, where it's like go for it. By that I mean like once again, go for your dreams. Like we're talking about slim thick, we're talking about journalism, we're talking about comedy, we're talking all this shit. Like life's too short not to go for it and like be proud of yourself and just to like say fuck it. At least I went for it. So that's like one of my first things. It's like just go for it. The second thing is like be accountable. You know, be I think accountability is like one of the biggest traits anyone can best can possess in life. Accountability is cool, man, because like it takes a lot of balls to fuck up and be like, yo, I fucked up. That's on me. You know what I mean? That's something that it took me a long time to really get a grasp on, but that's something I'm really proud of now. And I think obviously getting the OUI really humbled me on that too. So I just think to, to simplify it, it's just um, go for it, but be accountable. And I don't really think they intertwine, but I think they maybe can sometimes where it's like, you can have a good time, go for it, have a good time, but just make sure at the end of the day, you know, if you fuck up, like hands up on me, you know, that's accountability is probably my biggest, my biggest um, thing I pride myself on. I, I, I still, I know we're not blogging, but I write reflections in journals every Monday when I have those money scaries. I'm like, all right, here's a review of my last week. What can I do better? What can I do worse? Like stuff or not, what can I do worse? But like, you know, at least we didn't do this, you know? Hey, I got fucked up and hooked up with a four. I could have killed somebody, you know, stuff like that. Like, like, you know what I mean? It's what it is, dude. But yeah, just to, in different, different retrospects of life, I would say accountability is great where it's like, just hold yourself kind of, don't play the victim if you fuck up. You know what I mean? If you fuck up, hands up, that's on me. I think we've had several conversations about this in our own personal lives, in our own personal friendship. Yeah, and then, bro. And then, All these victim mentality people are the worst. Definitely, man. I mean, I could have, with the DUI we just talked about for a couple minutes, it's like, I could have been like, oh, the cops sucked. I was fine. I was driving fine. I was like, I was driving fine, but I was fucked up and it's on me. And like, I, I learned my lesson. It'll never happen again. Um, and then once again, to the second aspect of that question or that answer, um, life's too short not to just go for it. Cause one day you're going to look back and you're going to be, you're going to be 75 with a couple shitty grandkids and grandkids and two divorces. You're going to be like, damn, I wish I did that. You know? Um, so yeah, that's probably my two pillars of advice for sure. And uh, dude, I, this was awesome. I think this flowed really fucking well. I think we had a blast. Dude, it didn't feel like two and a half hours. There's no way. No, it did not. That's weird. That's the weird thing. It did not feel like two and a half hours. Uh, this has been the longest pod so far. So thank you, Tom, dude. Well, you, I can't, shut I, the can't fuck up. <laughs> I can't thank you enough, man. This has been fantastic. Uh, how many brews did you kill? Or claws, I should say. Yeah, I know I'm washed up. Uh, I had I had two before. I had two before we talked. Oh, I had eight. I had the six pack with you. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Cost. I yeah. I'm just uh, I'm finishing up my six now. So perfect. yeah. So is that is that the bar you hold this up to? Like once I have six beers, we're done. Well, you've only had three episodes so far, so it's like so. If you see a guest kind of dragging, are you still going to have those six beers, or is it like I'm gonna cut after a few? So it's kind of like a, a six pack combined because I feel. Um, two or three beers, I'm really like on, but you know, four or five, six, I'm kind of slurring a bit. I'm not exactly on point and that kind of sucks. So it, it golden ratio. I mean, I obviously with you, uh, we just kind of bounce off each other really well. So I feel like I can relax a little bit, but for example, hopefully my, my guy, Bobby from total frat move that I'm going to be interviewing hopefully next week. Oh, no uh, shit. That's great. Yeah. So I was DMing him on Twitter. He was all about it. You know, he's big mental health guy. You know, he's I so and uh he was all about it. And so if, for him, I'd probably cap it off at about three or four beers. I don't want to drag. I gotcha. just yeah. So but this <laughs> this has been fantastic. I can't stress enough. Thank you for coming on, bro. Dude, thanks for having me, Jack. Once again, I'm super proud of you. I'll talk to you later. Love you, dude. All right. Goodbye. See you.
All right. That has been Six Pack with Jack. Thank you all for listening. Um, we're going to, so like I said, we hopefully are going to get Bobby or Total Frat TFM, Total Frat Move TFM, Bird Law, hopefully coming on next week or the next two weeks. You know, he's a busy guy, he's a grinder up in Jersey. And besides that, I think I'm going to do hopefully Freestyle Friday coming out this Friday. And I'll see you guys later. Peace.